So, so good episode tonight, I would say. Yeah, I would say so too. We have Melissa from the Just the Tipsters podcast. It's a true crime podcast, but better, honestly, better than I thought. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it to suck, but I wasn't expecting it to be as fun as it was. Yeah, we talked a lot about murder and serial killers and Yeah. And I, I appreciated the fact that she didn't hold back on language. You know, no, she was, yeah. she was more than comfortable saying cunt and fuck. So yeah. I was happy. I was happy with that. Yep. And then uh I think eventually we talk a little bit about uh comedy as well. She used yeah. to used to uh manage comedy clubs. So yep. and we're drinking vodka tonight. So if you're just tuning in, didn't get a heads up fucking pour some vodka and be unhappy like we are yeah now if you're just tuning in it's because you chose to because this is after the fact but well yeah but i'm just saying just tuning like loading the podcast up on apple yeah. music whatever the fuck they might yeah, be listening we're drinking to. Uh, 360 vodka you're a fucking cunt so anyway, anyway. so yeah was, I, I enjoyed it i enjoyed it you can tell how fucking both, enthused and tired we both no, are no, right no. Now. we we both drank more than we expected tonight Yep. Uh, we didn't take a break in the middle, although you took a phone call and stepped out yeah, for a moment. Because I thought my grandmother was might be dead. I know. So. You're excited. I wasn't excited. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. Yeah. No. Uh, so, yeah, it was a good conversation. Had a good time. Melissa's great. So, check out. If you're into true crime, for sure, check it out. I mean, she's been involved in some helping solve some legitimation. <laughs> like I said, drink a little too much vodka. <laughs> Yeah, she she has. She's been involved in some investigations and helping out and getting tips in that to help get some stuff solved. So yep. um, she's very enthusiastic about some of that stuff. Just the tip in it. And she's feels surprisingly so good. humble because yeah. if I had helped solve, get people arrested for a crime, that would be on my business card. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I would not hold Joey that Manning, back. Fucking crime, crime solver. solver. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just call me call me McGruff. <laughs> <laughs> the crime dog. That's right. D-O-W-G. All right. Anyway, so check out her podcast if you're into true crime. Yep. Um, it's just the tipsters. Um, mm-hmm. her name is Melissa Morgan. I think it's it's a it's a long name, but anyway, um yep. Yeah. So uh without further ado, yep. here's episode one oh three with Melissa Morgan from yep. Just the Tipsters. Thanks for listening. Damn it. Oh, well. Yeah. It's one of those. Yeah. It's been a long day. I slept most of the day, granted, but it's yeah. been a very long week leading up to this day, I should say. So what are we drinking tonight? You want to go through the housekeeping there? Well, let's fucking get on it then. <laughs> oh, you gave it to me. Yeah. Oh, shit. So friends of the show, we have CQ uh, with Pop Culture Warrior. Uh, I don't know when he broadcast. You didn't write that down on here, but he's a cool dude. We like him. Tuesday nights. He plays he plays his veteran card hardcore and gets yes, some great fucking guests. Um, Two Brothers Podcast, um, they are like legitimately, uh, I consider really good friends of the show. Like they, a lot of shout outs back and forth. They're good dudes. Um, Trevor Jackson Podcast, which is one of the Two Brothers. Um, also have... Uh, them Jackson boys, who we had them on last week, they're all they're all the same family. We could really could say one and just put all their names on. Um, we also have Andy Harris, who is the Andy Harris uh, on Twitter. Uh, he has a new podcast called This. It's kind of like This is a. Amer- I don't know what the fuck it is. It doesn't it's matter. Andy Harris. This is Americans Live, yeah. and yeah. it's oh, kind okay. of spoofing This American Life. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. And then so, we have T-shirts and stickers. Hit us up if you want one. Yeah, because our website won't let us have a fucking store right now. So. Right. And then we have our website, b3fpodcast.com. My favorite part of that is there is a tab that says, tell us what you really think. You can click on that and you can say whatever you want. It's completely anonymous. And the meaner and the more 
awful <laughs> is the better for me. But also like, share, comment, review if you actually like any of this stuff. It helps us out greatly. And I don't care if they're one-star reviews. Just the more reviews we have, the more visibility and yep. blah, blah, blah. So tonight... We are drinking 360 Vodka. Yep. Um, when I spoke to our guest, um, gosh, probably been a month or so ago, uh, which she said, you know, I don't drink that often when I do. It's usually uh, vodka with some kind of, I think she called it redneck drink like Mountain Dew or something. Oh, nice. But, uh, actually, vodka and Mountain Dew is not bad. Is it, I just don't like Mountain Dew. That's the well, thing. Well, then that says a lot. It's nectar of the tards. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> so it's 360 Vodka. It's a uh, superior American vodka. So okay. uh, I've got a little tonic with mine just to keep it a little lighter. And I'm, I'm I don't neat, like vodka. As always. You are uh, yeah on the rocks. And, and I'm an alcoholic, so, so I'll drink whatever. Our guest tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm actually, I'm looking... As grumpy and pissy as I am, yes. I've been looking forward to this episode. Amanda's been looking forward to this episode, Good. believe it or not. So. Good. So I hope everyone enjoys this. We have our guest tonight from the Just the Tipsters True Crime Podcast, Melissa Morgan. Hi, Melissa. Hey, fellas. Welcome, hey. welcome to the show. <laughs> um, if you're wearing hats, I should wear a hat. Oh, yeah, I like sure. It. I like That's it. That's fine. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you have anything to drink in front of you, whether it's uh, uh, Mountain Dew or water or what. But uh, there you go. Cheers with your unicorny sparkly cup. That's the Uh, nectar of the tarts. It's uh, (laughs) that's right. Mountain Dew kickstart black cherry. You fuckers. Black cherries. (laughs) I was gonna say that's that's the uh, the the uh, kitchenware equivalent of a vape. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Totally, totally vaping. All right, so true crime. Well, first of all, I've got to I've got to admit something. I'm a pretty terrible host in the sense of I don't put a lot of effort into like research and stuff ahead of time as far as people because I, I usually just like the conversation. But I did uh, listen to like part of an episode. Uh, okay. Yesterday, and it's good. I'm. I'm, I'm yeah. It's a yeah. very soothing voice to be talking about murder. It's good. It's a very soothing voice. So yeah, I'll, I'll take that as a compliment. <laughs> but I also like the fact that she immediately called us fuckers. So I know that's that's, that's nice. off to a great start yeah. already. That's nice. <laughs> um, uh, you're a Kentucky transplant in California, right? I am. How's that working out? For I can't you? believe I've lived in California more a lo- more years than I did in Kentucky. Oh, okay. So, so well, yeah. you're a Californian now, then I guess. <laughs> no, I'm still still a Kentuckian. Oh, okay. Where in uh, Where in Kentucky were you from originally? Northern Kentucky, just across the river from Cincinnati in Independence, Kentucky. Ah, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Not as Not as cool as West Virginia, but you know. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not a wonderful white of West Virginia. <laughs> yeah, that's a I'm great a documentary. It's a great documentary. It's I'm so a, good. I'm a beige, I'm a pinky beige person from oh, okay. Northern Kentucky. Okay. Okay. Have you ever watched yes. The Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Dude, Virginia? Dude, it's been on my list to watch for forever. It's but, so good. But you know how I am with documentaries. I know. Like, no, I, I like documentaries, but Steven, only. What? You gotta. Okay. It's. You well, gotta. Well, I, what? No, no. You gotta watch it. Okay. Yeah, you love watching train wrecks, and this is just a nonstop. Train no, absolutely, wreck. absolutely. It's produced by Johnny Knoxville, so you know it's interesting. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I know all these things. Okay, except it's been on my all right list, but like I think you should leave. Season two came out, which is oh my insane. god. All right, fine. There's, I'm saying, I usually don't. I don't know. It's yeah. Yeah. If it's one of those things, if I have an excessive amount of time, yeah. I, I'll usually watch documentaries. Oh. No, yeah. but okay. um, but a lot of times if it's like at home at the end of the, the workday or some shit, I just want to watch something I don't fucking have to think about. So. Gotcha. Okay. 
Like there's this show on Netflix now called Sexy Beasts. It is awful. It is one of the worst things I've ever watched. And oh, yeah? I binged every episode of it. It's like a it's a train wreck you can't walk away from. The the concept okay. is you have these people going on blind dates and they want to fall in love based on personality. So they wear these over the top like makeup like prosthetics and shit. And they're shallow pieces of shit that oh it's fucking wonderful. It's so I good. may have to check that out. Yeah. And I feel like a garbage person for watching it, but I prioritize that over things that would probably benefit me to watch, like <laughs> the documentary you guys are talking about. I don't know that you'll benefit from it except for just the enjoyment of the train wreck yeah. of this family. No, I enjoy that shit. Like I like learning about stuff it's usually. But, yeah. Anyway. So it's a crime that you haven't watched it. It is. Yeah. Yes, it's true. It's a true crime that yes. you haven't watched it. <laughs> it's a crime that I'm here on a Saturday night. So. So, <laughs> yeah, for almost two years now. I know. <laughs> so um, your your show title, Just the Tipsters, uh, yes. it's interesting to me because someone months ago on Facebook in one of the podcast groups was trying to come up with a title of their podcast. And I know it wasn't you because you've been doing po- the podcast longer than when this request yeah, was like, made. Like 200 something episodes, right? It's a lot. Yes. Yeah. It's impressive. Yeah. And um, it's just, it goes to show just how much unsolved crime there is in oh, this country. So, so much. So much. But, but someone requested help on a podcast and it, I can't remember what it was going to be about, but I had recommended just the tip to them and they didn't they didn't like it because it, they thought that was too um, vulgar but yes so when I first saw the name of your podcast I was like is this the person I recommended to so then I went to your to your episode list and like, oh no no it's not this person no Melissa knows what she's doing <laughs> I'm a I'm a 12 year old boy in an old lady body right and that is the disembodied arm that is my husband yep. I, I, no I, I saw that I th- no, it's. I'm finding this very erotic, actually. Yes. So it's, it's, you it's, and me both, brother. His pants as t- he just tripped over a cord. Say, are his pants t- very hot? Well, if his pants are still in zip, that might not be a cord he tripped over. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it started as a joke because I'm a 12 year old boy trapped in an old lady body, and I thought just the tip stirs was funny because I was looking for people to call in to give tips, but I'm also a 12 year old boy, so. Right. I really didn't look very long for names. It just kind of came to me and I was like, we're running with it. And here we are. That's good. What drew you to true crime? I think um, people that are interested in true crime have been interested in true crime their whole lives. Um, I was a weird kid. uh, Red helter skelter way too young, probably like 12 years old. Um, Fascinated by... Charles Manson, who never killed anyone, right. but still fascinating. Yeah. Started getting my hands on all kinds of um, true crime interested books. True the crime the been prosecutor that prosecuted him, um, uh, Charles Manson, is yeah. Vincent Bugliosi. getting my hands on all and kinds of... And he's a really of, good writer. And he's written some books, really the, interesting books. The prosecutor books. that prosecuted him. So that was him, sort of like um, uh, Charles Manson, is my Vincent Bugliosi, you know, introduction to that. And then, of course, like all of the weirdos who like stuff like I do, forensic files and unsolved mysteries and tv shows that came on that you know you waited for every week like yeah this is going to be amazing i can't wait so unsolved mysteries obviously one of the greatest shows that was ever made back you in the just day. scare the shit out of me when love I was it so much yeah so uh, what do you, i want to know and not to derail off of like talking about her podcast but like what do you think of the new unsolved mysteries um the revamped one yeah you know, in some ways, it is uh, 
better because it's modernized as far as, you know, technologically, you know, getting film clips and yeah. reenactments, but it, it's lost a lot of the um, sort of authentic appeal right. that the original original one had in my, and just in my opinion. Well, and then Robert fucking Stack, man. I mean, you yeah. take that away. There's it's, that. Just, it's just sad. Yeah. Like I would have been fine with a completely CGI version and a voiceover artist that sounded a lot like him. I would have much preferred, <laughs> preferred sure. that. Like, like a holographic Tupac Shakur yes. and Robert Stack Absolutely. just like co-hosting. Yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome? It's been wonderful. I just, I feel like yeah. that. And then they, they tried to kind of implement the old music. They kind of blended it in there, but mm -hmm. it's just the, the general like shit your pants vibe when you think like, that you felt when you were a kid watching. Right. Like, this guy got exactly. murdered and that town's like three, three states away. I could be murdered <laughs> just like this. <laughs> that exactly. Is, yeah. So that is my, the it's not really my theory, I guess you'd say. So we spoke earlier for a moment, and then we cut the conversation to discuss it here. But um, women are very drawn to, at least most of the women that I know anyway, are very drawn to true crime. Why? Because they're the ones that typically get killed. Yeah. That's part of my theory is like. You're, that, you're learning. I think your theory where, is right. Yeah, they're learning where the other people went wrong, so that they don't. Okay, that's kind I of think my. There's thought. definitely, yeah, I think there's definitely some, you know, lessons to be learned. Some, you know, yeah, that you can like. Oh, I'm not going to walk to my car without my keys between my fingers. Um, right. Maybe I should invest in, you know, bear spray. <laughs> um, don't go jogging by yourself in a sports bra, even though you should be entitled to. Yeah, don't absolutely. do it. You know, I mean, yeah, regular stuff like that. Yeah, sure. no, I agree. Actually, along those lines, Amanda and I have this. Like, we talk about this regularly as far as a lot of like modern culture and shit. That you know, something that you don't have a lot of, and because it's fought against, we shouldn't have to have self awareness. I was like, it's you shouldn't, but you do. You yeah. know, because there's right. you know, and there's and that guy's across the board more so for women, unfortunately, but. You know, like there's yeah. areas I'm not going to walk through with fucking a brand new fucking pair of Jordans by myself at two o'clock in the morning because shit's going to get my fucking ass beat. You know, that's just how it is. But um, there you go. Yeah. Where yeah. are you walking that Jordans are going to get your ass beat? Downtown goddamn Memphis. I'll tell you that right now. Why are you walking around downtown Memphis? I'm just saying, if I was going to a show, say, hey, there's a great blue show and it's fucking middle of the night in Memphis. There are certain things that I would consciously not wear and I probably wouldn't go without somebody. Because, you know, it's, it's common fucking sense. Okay. That's my point. We're trying to stir the pot, Joey. Is, I understand. Is Beale Street kind of known for, like, Jordan theft? No, no, or? no, no, no. But, uh, Bill Street's not at all. Bill Street's pretty pretty okay. They've cleaned that shit up a lot. But I'm just saying there's very crime-filled areas that, like, again, just being knowing you're... Like, I could do that shit and walk into a redneck fucking bar and I'm not going to have any issues. If but, you're wearing... Fresh Jordans, and you walk into a redneck bar, you might have some issues. Not without the pop collar. You're right. going to have issues, but they're not going to steal your shoes. Right. right. Yeah. I'm going to be walking They'll funny. Take when you I out leave. back and fuck you. <laughs> right. <No>. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to leave with a Budweiser bottle in your rectum, probably. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess maybe that was a, a shitty example overall, but as a whole, <laughs> what I'm talking about is self awareness for situations. You. Everyone should, yeah. You shouldn't have to, but you, you do, and so you should have some self awareness. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So, but I like that theory. That's, that's a good theory. I also think that just humans in general, um, have an innate curiosity in like you know, the morbid and the macabre and, you know, sure. things like that. And I feel like that it's a lot of times less 
appropriate uh, viewed that way for a lot of women to like and really be into that. And so this is like a, a safe space to be have to, to express that interest without it being like, oh, you're just into like fucking torture porn and shit. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Uh, so, I think you're exactly right. So, I think you're exactly. I think it's common. I think it's in a lot of our natures that we want to try and, you know solve a puzzle yeah yeah i think it's the, the puzzle solving and also that understanding like that thought of that there's people out there that don't, don't actually care about what's normal in society and about what's going on and like how can those people exist so it's like this thrilling fear like all these things mixed together because 99 percent of people and, and there's a lot of murders that happen just because people are assholes or, or selfish or whatever but yeah. then you have those people like ted bundy that there's obviously like they're so far outside of understanding of how people are supposed to be it's a fascination like how can someone be that way and it, yeah. it's, it's multifaceted for sure but social contract right so the the other part of my my pseudo theory is that women tend to be uh much more in touch with their emotions than men mm -hmm. uh, for the most part not not all but um i think it's much easier for um, relating people with producing, the victims. Well, relating with the victims, yes, but also people that produce these shows, um, especially when you see like promos for a show or whatever, and like, it was a small town that could happen anywhere in America. <laughs> and, then, and, and women are like, I live anywhere in America. So I, I think that that could be a little bit. I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit. But I think that's, a, you know, add that on top of women tend to be the ones that, yeah, that, it's that are empathy, being murdered. Empathy with the yeah, victims. And yeah. I think so, for sure. Anyway, and but the, I know it covers the gambit. You don't just do like one specific murder sure. type. I mean, you, you cover a lot of different things. But um, Well, there's, you know, the theory, if you ever have watched Homicide Hunter, mm -hmm. Lieutenant Joe Kenda from um, Colorado Springs had um, like 400 homicides in his career and he solved 392 of them, which is like a 98%. Yeah, that's impressive. You know, I mean, yeah, very impressive. And he believes, and I think it's right because I've really tried to break it down. He believes there's three reasons why people kill, sex, yeah. money, or revenge. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, he's full of shit. There's got to be a lot more reason. Not no. really. No. 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 Because huh. most serial killers have some really weird sexual deviancies. That yeah. That's what they're, You're you know. Exactly right. Issues and stuff, yeah. Not Dexter. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he has a code, goddammit. I know. Which kidding. is a skewed form of revenge. It is. So, yes. you know. Well, it, it probably was sexually based. But, yeah, I got you. No, yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty fascinating to me. The, you know, like when they examine Ted Bundy's brain, there, I, there's, you know, a couple of documentaries i'm not really fond of that try and break down the the mental you know and physiological part of why serial killers kill and serials are just not that fascinating to me right what's fascinating to me is the the person who kills maybe once and never does it again or maybe twice and thinks they can get away with it i don't i don't know i mean there's there's definitely things that are fascinating but you know ted bundy's brain didn't show a lot of damage right there wasn't you know a really good excuse for yeah. why he did what he did right which is frightening and interesting at the same time yeah do you think he's just born that way is he born psychopath that is a great question because i have changed my mind and i flip-flop i sometimes i think people are born that way and sometimes i think it's you know it's nature versus nurture right. yeah i don't know if it's you know if there, there are definitely people in the psychological world who feel that 
serial killers are made. They're mm-hmm. not born. And then there are, you know, like the, a lot of, you know, trauma as a child and abuse and stuff. And I'm thinking, who the fuck hasn't had trauma? Right. You don't sure. turn around and kill people because, I mean, being a human being is traumatic. Right. The human journey is fucking traumatic. But yeah. we don't all go kill people because we've had a bad Tuesday. <laughs> right. It's just, yeah. it's fucking bullshit. Well, so I don't, I don't like that theory at all. But, you know, yeah. well, one I, thing, I think there's just no black or white. I think it's, I think it's a lot of gray, oh, it's unfortunately. Well, I, I feel like, too, and just from the little I've read on it, because it, it fascinates me, is, I mean, there's also a distinct difference between sociopaths and psychopaths, right? Yeah. As far as, absolutely. Not necessarily the, the in expression of it, but the buildup and, and the, the process there. And the absolutely. way I've read, and a lot of the, the more popular opinions like you've read is a lot of times sociopath, or uh, it's like you said, nature versus versus nurture, nurture like a psychopath is more of a nature like that's just there and psychopaths can kind of develop and maybe or sociopaths kind of develop thing and maybe i have that flip-flopped i don't fucking know but um i don't know all of it. My, my wife and i were talking about this earlier today um some friends of ours that do a, a radio show in the uk this is their question tomorrow on the show is are criminals born or are they or, or is it nature or nurture or are bad people born or are they made and and one will argue one point one will argue the other so i asked my wife my wife used to be in the education system system and she was a behavior analyst and so we got to talking about that and she argued both sides of it and she, and one of the things she said was like sure you can be a born psychopath but there are plenty of born psychopaths that never make wrong choices that you right. know, turn into crime or anything like that. So it's it's still like you said a lot of gray area there. I mean that that what what causes that choice? Yeah. Well, I think so. Like you said, those the the things that it boils down to, and then whatever type of way they learn to disassociate or associate behaviors with how they think. Like I recently. Um, got a little. I, I, I basically got a diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder, which is you know psychopathy, like psychopath, because I have this incredible like I don't have guilt, I don't have empathy. I've got the psychopath very, or sociopath, sociopath. Okay, just antisocial personality disorder. So it's but it's a, it's a large separation there. But like I recognize how the world needs to work and like how fucking things need to be in place and those and two the trouble that you have to deal with to keep from. I can do what I want and go to fucking prison forever, or I can sure. do some of what I want and never have to deal with the hassle of getting, you know, giant dicks in my butthole in the shower. So, you know, it's pro versus con. It's not that I'm not capable of doing those sure. things. It's just that I can make the conscious decision not to. Yeah. But some of that's my raising and where I came from and, and you know, all of, all of those things. But I don't know. It's interesting to me. You said a whole lot just to agree with us that it's a lot of gray yeah no i was just saying it's a lot of gray but i was it was to her point or to your point that you can grow up and not make those decisions a lot of it i think is yeah yeah like i said maybe you're born that way but then the upbringing that you have can reinforce the not murder versus the murder because a lot of psychopaths you know they're fucking murdering animals and shit when they're you know kids and starts out with all kinds of weird shit like that anyway it's all interesting is my fucking point joey Okay. I can murder you so and not feel bad about it. It's what I'm McDonald saying. The McDonald triad, um, which they have largely discounted, and I still hold on to it. It's like animal torture, bedwetting, yep. and I honestly don't remember the third one, but, you know, I was, oh, fire starting. Yeah. And, you know, when I was a kid, I wet the bed, and I loved lighting matches and just watching them burn. Yeah. I wouldn't hurt 
a bug. If you paid me, I would cry. Right. So I'm like two thirds, like two thirds of the McDonald triad. Right. But I've never killed. I've never killed anyone that you that you know of. Right. You just need that hamburger. Well, I did. I did read a thing, and, and I'm sure. I don't know if you read the statistics or not, but you know the usual, at least what's known. Is it's a disproportionate amount of serial killers that are men versus women. Sure. And I read this thing. This guy was saying that that's not true. Women are just much, much better at not getting caught because they don't feel the need to have the bravado of showing off or having the trophies and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, but they that's don't have bullshit. to get caught for us to. They don't. I, I know. I'm I was, just. I've read it. Is why I don't know. If it's true. I, yeah, I think it's bullshit too because you don't have to get caught to to be to know that there's a serial killer out there. Yeah. Well, yeah, you right. can. It depends on how you pick victims, sure. how you spread out. Like, there's sometimes it it takes years for them to figure out there's a serial killer. They do eventually, but you know, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. But if you kill, you know, seven people in ten years and they're random and it's completely different, and then you just stop. Not that you can. I'm just saying, like in that example, sure. you're a serial killer, but fucking nobody ever finds out. Just saying. Yeah. The, the idea of randomness is also um, a small percentage. It yeah. is even it what looks random. A person that kills multiple people, there will be a connection. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. It, it may a- take a long time to, you know, uncover that. And it may take someone extremely smart, like a behavioral anal- analyst or, you know, um, a really sharp detective to figure out the connection. But there there will typically be a connection. Yeah. The the total random, like, did you, I'm guessing you guys are too young, but there was a, um, a film... Um, with Michael Rooker called Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was it was shot documentary style, um, but it was a film. And it was sort of based on um, Henry Lee Lucas and, and Otis Toole. Okay. And it's one of the more awful, violent things you'll ever see because of the randomness. Right. Just, you know, pretending to be like uh, from the gas company and yeah. breaking into people's homes, pushing your way in, you know, raping and murdering the parents in front of the kids i yeah. mean just awful it's tip. it's the most awful th- i literally watched it like this right i mean it's just you know it's terrible yeah but um that that blessedly is um a small percentage yeah yeah no it's 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 in it's it that's all that shit's super fascinating me as is for like it's not just me that's fascinated by it or otherwise it wouldn't be such a big genre but yeah but I'm most of my fascination with it is with the psychological side, the motivation behind it, what creates like that super like the crimes are fucking whatever. Like people are going to do shitty things. People that aren't serial killers do shitty things depending on the motivation and the rage level and all that stuff. But the people that want to do it or are they don't want to that are driven to do it, you know, on for whatever reason, like that shit's fucking fascinating as fuck. Yeah. Sex, money and revenge. Those yeah. are the, the things that. I try and, you know, I stay awake at night trying to figure out, Yeah. you know, we've, we've done, um, I guess like 201, 202 episodes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I started this, I only wanted to cover cases that had been solved because I don't like unsolved cases. Right. I love everything wrapped up with a bow. I want to know there's an end and I want to know someone got in trouble. Yeah. And then listeners kept saying, would you consider covering the, covering this case? I happen to have a personal tie to this case and I started covering cases that are unsolved and, and they keep me up at night, but they also propel me to keep going. Yeah. And the name just the tipsters became prophetic as people started calling detectives with what they call unique information Mm -hmm. that only someone intimately involved would know. Right. And that's actually what I was going to, one of the things I was going to bring up. So it's a good segue to that when, um, 
we were originally scheduling to be on and you had something that came up because you were actively involved. Um, and I know you probably can't you know, discuss or go into it too much, but that's an amazing to me that a fucking podcast yeah. is actually, um, what was the, are they considerably involved? Peterson in, or Stevenson? I can't remember the last name. Stevenson. Of the Stevenson. Okay. Yeah. I, I would, I would love to talk about it. No, if, if that's okay. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, go yeah, for please. it. Yeah. Go for it. So I want, I was, I had gotten a message from Joey in the middle of June and I'm like, look, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I'm on my way back to Kentucky. Um, and I was home for, um, just a short trip really. But, um, I was, um, interviewed on good morning, Cincinnati. Are you jealous? I and, am. um, <laughs> they wouldn't let us on here. It's fine. <laughs> um, the, I'd interviewed the lead detective on a, a 10 year old at the time, nine year old, but now 10 year old double homicide. And one of the ones I think Stephen would find fascinating because it's probably someone who's only done this one time. Mm -hmm. He killed two elderly people in their home. I say he, but I don't know for sure, but pretty sure it's a he and uh, staged the bodies, staged them in very odd ways, covered them in garbage and religious icons. Um, a lot of really weird shit. Yeah. Uh, it, it was, it's, it's a puzzling, troubling case. Two people that gave so much to the community. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, really gave so much to the community. Uh, it was just, it's still the most puzzling, odd thing I've ever seen. And the lead detective said, I won't retire until this one is solved. And he, you know, he's, he's had a career yeah. and he deserves to be able to retire. Yeah. So, um, what had happened was someone listened to the podcast and called and said, you know what, this was kind of an odd thing. And someone did this right after, and I, I didn't put two and two together, but I'm wondering. And, um, the person came back, the person had called uh, the tipster mm -hmm. a few days after the double homicide and said, I'm leaving town and I won't be able to call you anymore. I have to go underground. Oh shit. And she, she was like, Oh, okay. She didn't really, you know, she was like, I don't know. All right. And, um, he ironically ended up with a living like out of a truck, I guess, mm -hmm. and had a PO box in California where I am, which is really yeah. weird. And went back home a few months ago to Kentucky for a family event. And this person contacted the police again and said, he's here. Huh. And they showed up and took his DNA and questioned him. And he, the detective said they weren't exactly sure that he was the one, but he was behaving oddly. And they're really glad they got, you know, right. the DNA sample. So, mm -hmm. which is awful in that the labs are so backed up. It may be a year before right. that DNA sample is tested. That's but cool. yeah, I, I can't tell you. It's interesting to me when people message me and say, you know what? I heard this. I saw this. And I'm like, please send it right to the detective. Right. Don't tell me. Right. Tell them. I'm not yeah. I'm not solving this case. They are. I'm just a big mouth bitch with a microphone. <laughs> so call the detective. So, yeah, but it is. It's kind of amazing. No, that's really fucking cool, actually. Yeah. What? See, people actually do things with their podcasts. I know. I know. <laughs> We're, we're trying no, to bridge right. gaps. There are a few of those people too that yeah. think that their yeah. podcasts solve cases, and they're yeah. 
They couldn't be more wrong. Yeah. Law enforcement solve cases. We <laughs> right. just fucking talk about them. Right. Well, one, one which thing- is a nice tool. You know, yeah. I think podcasts are like anything else, like social media or anything else. It's a great tool. Can be. <laughs> yeah. Well, can, I mean, can be. But the, yeah. Well, the see, community around podcasts and online and things like that really can do a lot to help. Um, You're right. Solve. I mean, you look at the that docu series. Uh, Don't fuck with cats. I mean, what Don't that online cats, community exactly. did so much to help. That one's kind of a little bullshit, though. What's bullshit about it? What's that? What's bullshit about it? It's not that I have the issue with in community coming together to solve crimes but when it comes with like mob justice vengeance mentality i don't i'm not on board i don't care why the fuck they do. why would you consider that mom mob justice for a guy that's killing somebody it wasn't cute. anyway but he did they were trying they right. they the nobody of, left their home to track him down they right. did it behind the screen of their I computer i know i'm just saying it's not what you're saying it is though what's that i mean i guess i guess technically yes it's mob justice but for a good it's a good instance of yeah, it. maybe Maybe the guy killed somebody. Okay. <laughs> okay. How is that not good? I'm, I'm just saying. I, I just, I have a, you have a lot of things that you're just they saying. They didn't run through the streets of Canada with like torches and pitchforks, Stephen. I, what I, the I, fuck are you talking I, I about? Know, I know. I know. It's just the concept. They sat behind their computers right. and looked at pictures that this fuckface put up and said, that sign looks like a shell station. This looks like a sign in yeah. a yeah. certain part of Canada. I, I, I think he's overseas. I mean, come on. We're trying to give you the That's opportunity to defend your mob I'm justice not, I'm thing. not going to defend it. Okay. Because I don't fine. want to. Because you don't have a defense. No, you're, you're fired. It's it's you're a fired. it's a conceptual objection, not a practical one, and that's, that's oh okay. Thing. Yeah, well, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's what I'm saying. Because no, it, no, here's here's the thing, I'm going to be able to lay out what my opinion is, but you're going to fucking shoot the fuck down, and I'm going to end up backtracking and retorting because I don't feel like I'm going to be able to explain myself well, and I know how this game goes, and I'm not fucking playing it tonight. It's, it's not a game. That's the game that you and I play. We get into an argument. I say some shit. I because I'm not eloquent when it comes to just. For some reason, on this well, you podcast, do a lot of ready shooting as well. Exactly. <laughs> so, and I'm just saying, I'm not playing it tonight. I'm not playing tonight because you, we have another very, you're very maturing. smart motherfucker on the phone you're, tonight, you're and I'm not playing the game. So okay. that's 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 what you're it maturing. Is. Good for you. <laughs> no, I'm boys, not boys. What really? No, oh, this so, is no fighting. This is every every fucking week. Almost yeah. every time you make asinine statements, yeah. <laughs> really <not>. quickly. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. But again, what I'll say is like, well, mob justice isn't the term that best fits this. I'm like, oh, well, what is the best term? And then it just goes on and on and on and on. Internet sleuths. Call them cyber sleuths. Call them whatever yeah. you want. But yep. I don't find mob to be a great term. Right. Right. Ex exactly. Right. And I, I think part of the issue, though, that I take with it, too, is it becoming a Netflix fucking special. Like, that's the type of shit that annoys me <laughs> about it. Jealousy? No. <laughs> okay. Oh, now we get to it. Okay. No. no. So... <laughs> Sex, money, revenge. Which is ironic because yes. I'm all about exploitation of fucking whatever you want to yeah, make I money, know. but I know I don't. you are. Yeah, you seem like that kind of guy, like <clears throat> a capitalist. A I think it's, I, I'm not even a, a capitalist. I just fucking think nothing's sacred, but ah, that's anyway. true. Yes. Yeah. So, sex, money, revenge. Which one of those is number one? What happens more, in your opinion, or maybe factually? I mean, 80% of homicides are committed by someone who knows the victim. My guess is that a large part of it is money or revenge. I think sex, unless you are a sexually motivated killer, you know, if you're killing someone because you're a rapist and a murderer, most rapists start off as rapists and then become murderers because they don't want to, you know, be told on. But 
I would say money and revenge are the two. It's mostly money. I mean, most people that are killed are killed by someone who knows them, whether it's an inheritance, um, an insurance policy. Yeah. Uh, you're mad at someone, you push them, they hit their head on the fireplace. That's the one I always use as an example. It's like, you know, you get in a fight with someone and it goes too far and shit happens. Yeah. But if you are sitting there and planning it out and plotting it, that's something different. Everyone can imagine themselves in a situation in the heat of the moment where someone, you know, it goes too far and someone's life ends and you didn't mean for that to happen. And so you, you know, either say, hey, it was an accident and this happened, or you bury the body or you try and hide it. Yeah. yeah. But the plotting, the, you know, figuring it out, the, you know, testing your different weapons, whatever, right. that's the kind of thing that, that fascinates me. It's like, who does this and why? Yeah. And there's actually a really great book, I think Stephen should read. It's by a psychologist. I think it's called The Psychopath Inside. And right. he's he was a doctor. He's a neurologist. Um, Dr. James... And I can't remember his last name. It's he's he's taught for forty something years at the University of Irvine, and he um, <laughs> has worked on neurology and brain patterns for his whole career, yeah. and ended up doing a double blind study with um, some brain MRIs or brainwave tests uh, of psychopaths, mm -hmm. and included uh, his own and ten family members in this double blind study mm -hmm. and the results came back and they said well one person in your family is a psychopath and he's like who and they're like well we're not telling you it was a double blind study and he's right. like no you're going to tell me and they're like well it's you yeah <laughs> yeah and he looked back at his life and thought what yep. i have spent my career studying the brain of, of psychopaths and trying to keep them from being violent and then he's like you know what yeah. i'm an asshole yeah I, you know, I play Candyland with my grandkids and I beat their ass. Well, that's, that's um, just good parenting. That. That's just good parenting. Thing. <laughs> you good just parenting. proved, you just proved you are the wonderful psychopath inside yeah. with your fight with Jimmy. Yeah. I mean, Joey, yeah. sorry. <laughs> you know, but unless it's a triple blind study, I don't give a shit about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't give a shit because you're a psychopath. Right. No, yeah. it's, it's, well, part of that though, that diagnosis. So I was, um, Medically discharged from whatever back in the day because um, I got a, a bipolar diagnosis, which is an accurate one. And then I was like, OK, this makes sense. And then when they, they tacked on the uh, the antisocial, I was like, oh, now it like that fills in the little gaps that I couldn't explain along the way. And I'm like, Perfect. OK, which actually like but embracing it. And I, I told and we've talked about this some, but yep. like I'm very, very good at uh mimicking situational like because i've had to do it my whole life because i don't fit in right so i'm like okay these people this is what it's like so i can read people really fucking fast and trust and i can manipulate the shit out of people but you know i i try not to do these things because again it's like that whole <clears throat> inflated sense of justice that in order the world's a shitty fucking place and so if everybody can have this baseline of like respect or whatever right. then the world is less fucking shitty for everybody it's not because i give a fuck about you but it's because if i'm a dick to you all the time you're you're going to be a dick to me and that's going to be like inconvenient for me to deal with when we're around each other. So that's you know the, the general mindset of how things play out for me, except for you. Cause I don't give a, whatever fuck. your motivation is. That's right. a beautiful thing. Yeah. Anyway, I find it. So anyway, the shit fascinates the, the fuck out of me. Um, but now I mean, I say that, but I don't do any research or read or, you know, whatever on this right. stuff. I'm busy reading about other shit when I do read. 
Like what? What's that? Like what? Just like stuff for work. <laughs> oh, I got you. Technology bullshit. But um, that, so that actually, I was going to say, I have a, 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 I say friend, that's the wrong word to use. Um, a kid that I knew, and we kind of became friends in the Army. His mom was fucking, um, it was in Pensacola, Florida, or outside of Pensacola, Florida. And uh, she was fucking murdered by a fucking serial killer. Like, they found her decapitated in the woods, like, like, a few months later. And they caught the guy, and I think the guy only had, like, four or five victims, which I guess is enough. And I can't remember the name, but that was the whole thing. Like, I, I found out about this, and I just wanted to ask him so many questions. But I was like, ah, I probably can't do that. So I was doing some reading on it. And it's fucking, it's insane yeah. to me. This guy was basically... Kind of like a, and there's a dude like the, they call him like the National Park Series, whatever, this fucking years ago. But he, kind of along that, like he essentially would just walk, had his little dog, and when he would ran across certain people, he'd be like, yeah, I'm fucking going to kill them. And he would usually rob them. Like he, uh, that was basic, but then he would tie them up and they'd be different levels of torture. You know, not nothing like what you hear about, um, like with BTK or any of, not to that extreme, but mostly just kind of held hostage for a few days, maybe raped, maybe not, but all their shit stolen, and then on to the next. And it was a very odd, odd thing. And like I said, he didn't have a life, if he wasn't very good at like, you know, concealing his. Sure. Because he got caught because he kept going to ATMs with the victim's credit cards and or debit cards and just taking <laughs> fucking money out. So I was like, ah, you're not very good at it. Right. You know, or you could have probably at least hit 10, you know. That's how... Uh, Israel Keys got caught. Yes. He violated his own rules, kind of the Dexter rules, you know, like yeah. only do this. And I, I listened keep you to safe. a podcast on Israel Keys the other day, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I didn't. I'd never heard of the guy. It was fucking fascinating shit. It's interesting. I feel like the reason you haven't heard a lot is because I'm going to say this, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of investigators want to try and keep him, especially under wraps because well, he is such an anomaly. That's what I was going to say. He fell in such a unique category of serial killer. So you think they yep. want to keep him under wraps so that... Copycats. Pe- well, that's what I was going to say. Cop- is it copycats or because uh, it debunks some of the theories that investigators have? No. I think that I think your first theory is right, that they wanted to keep... I think they. We probably still don't know everything he did. Yeah, but well, he I was think one they of wanted the to keep a lot felt, of what he did under wraps. He was but, one yeah, of the they don't few want that someone else to the, replicate yeah, that. He was the one that fell in, in, in a legitimately almost a random type yeah. of deal. I mean, he had some yes. patterns, but a lot of his shit did not make sense. What, why he did what he did? It's in fucking insane. Yep. But, and he, um, you know, he said like, you don't always get you know the victims you want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's you know, a common raped, sense thinker right and there. Killed, he he raped and killed an older couple um who were you know how do i say this nicely not you know not your average attractive young 20 year old girl that right. you know what i mean yeah, yeah 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 and and they that was almost the end of him um the man escaped twice mm-hmm. and he tracked him down and brought him back yeah and talk about luck he left them in an abandoned house, maybe a mile from their house. Mm-hmm. And that house was later destroyed and like buried over. Right. And he ended up, when he got caught, ended up telling him, this is, this is where they are. And they would never have found them. Yeah. Hmm. It's fucking weird, man. So there's, yeah. there's a po- like I'm not a big podcast guy. I barely, we do them, but I don't listen to podcasts ever, except there's one that I found that a, um, a guy that we know recommended, and it's called Time Suck uh, with Dan Cummins. I don't know if you've ever 
heard of, but he occasionally does uh, true crime, usually serial killers or cults, things like that. But uh, he did one on Israel Keys, and that's when I was like, I'd never heard of it. And I was like, what the fuck? And it was, I only listen when I go pick up the kids, not on the way back with them, because, you know, they're 10. But <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> was, yeah. He was an anomaly. You know, I mean, he was a successful contractor handyman mm-hmm. in Alaska. You know, you can probably still find Yelp reviews online. Like everyone who worked with him loved him and he did quality work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he had a girlfriend and a daughter. Yeah. And he didn't want his daughter to know. He was also raised in a very strict religious background. Right. Sort of an offshoot of Mormonism. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people think that kind of thing really can affect someone when they're young to become something, you know. Yeah just the opposite of how you're raised. Right. But yeah, he's, he's a fascinating one, but also I get why I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about him either because I don't want other people yeah. who may have, you know, a stirring inside to hear that and think, Oh, if I did this, it, it's going to be a lot, you know, right. Less easy for them to catch me. Yeah. Well, I feel like though some of that stuff, even not without just him, but without the randomization, Involved. It's just like I feel like some serial killers are just way more fucking lucky than others in the sense of like the, that's the truth because the decisions that they make sometimes are really shitty decisions, but the shittiness of them they're just fucking random enough that they don't make sense with everything else yeah. they've been done, and so it's like oh, so we think that they're okay or vice versa. They're really stupid and they make another shitty decision. It's just this odd, like anything else in life. Like there's an element of skill, but there's an element of fucking luck and good serial killers for, for as shitty as it sounds, they're fucking skilled motherfuckers for them. And they're screwed up. But for what they do, the really smart ones, it's, it's like a fucking talent Yeah, (laughs) not to glorify what they do, but it really is like, it's, some of the planning and involvement that some of them go, not that all of them do, but the ones that are really meticulous that plan shit out, they're smart dudes. Oh, yeah. Anyway. Like, there's respect for me in the brilliance of, of some of that, <laughs> if that makes sense. That's I, I get detail. it. I get it. There are some that are very, very brilliant. But yeah. I feel like the more time that goes by, the more technology catches up to them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, look sure. at DNA now. You thought you were never going to get caught. You know, leaving your DNA on a victim's body and now you're fucked. Yeah. There's, you know, there's a a group in, um, I think they're in Chicago, that tabulate the number of murders, the geography, the type of victims. And they have decided that there's probably 50 serial killers operating in the United States at any one time. Yep. And also the golden age of serials was the eighties. Yeah. The seventies and the eighties. And, and the number of serial killers have dropped off since then, whether they know they're going to get caught, whether there's, you know, more, um, you know, mental health issues that, you know, they're available for them to get meds or get help or something. You know, I think one of the things you were talking about, Stephen, is that, you know, right from wrong. And sometimes you don't, you know, care but you also want things to be, you know, smooth in your life. So you tend to lean toward doing the right thing. Yeah. Well, they're societally right and societally wrong. I mean, there's a very distinct right. difference because I really do in a large degree believe in moral relativism, moral relativism and what's right and wrong in one culture differs from that to the yeah. others. But if you want to live successfully and comfortably in one, you have to abide by whatever those things. The, right. Yeah. I mean, there's usually right. some universally agreed upon things and most, most of them are for the preservation of the species like murder is usually frowned upon because our society 
fucking crumbles if everybody's fucking killing each other. Sure. Theft is the same way. Like, you don't steal from me, I don't steal from you, and we can share, but when we start taking shit, then that's going to cause other societal issues. Like, most of them are based out of those. But there are some cultures, you know, that pedophilia was a completely, like, normal part sure. of everyday life. And we would say, no, that's fucking awful and that's terrible. And, you know, what we know now about, like, psychological damage, yeah. all this stuff, it absolutely is, but... <clears throat> Culturally, in those times, like, yeah, I could have three or four, like, 10-year-old boys that bring me food, and then I just kind of bang them every now and then, but I'm totally not gay, and I love my wife. It's, you know, this very weird, acceptable thing that changes. I need to mark it yeah, please, please keep that soundbite. <laughs> God damn it. But no, but that that thing, that concept fascinates me, like, like yeah. to no end, how, like, other than some baseline things, it's kind of observed throughout even species, you know, in, in, in the hierarchy and how those things work. But as a whole, there are so many things that are so flexible depending on the society that they're in. Yeah. You know, that's weird. The one thing Israel Keys didn't want his mother to know is that he had raped men, too. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. The one thing. It's like, oh, it's okay if you've killed and raped young girls. Yep. But please, he said my mother's going to have a heart attack. Yeah. That's what he said. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. It's the same ways in you, <laughs> same reason you've never come out to your wife. It's, you know. That's true. Yeah. She knows what we do on the weekends, though. She does. After this podcast. I think she's okay with it. Yeah. Okay. How could she not? Right? She's crying in the shower right now. <laughs> no. Well, both of our wives said at some point, it's like, you know, if you guys ever ended up like, the only thing I'm concerned about that if we ever got divorced is because you and Steven are running off together. I'm like, that's probably mm -hmm. an accurate, uh, you know, an accurate fear to have. That's what she said. If you ever left yeah. me, I know it would be for Steven. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, look at your logo. You have like a string attached to your hearts. Yeah. We do. Yes. Yep. Because we're the only one that can love each other the way unquestionably. <laughs> Unconditionally. That's right. Unconditionally. That's right. It's yeah. beautiful. Um, beautiful thing. <laughs> she is now like, why the fuck did I come on this show tonight? I, like 40 minutes ago, I was like, what am I doing? Yeah. yeah. And we we don't blame you at all. No. Do you know something shocking, though? Out of all the various types of guests that we've had, we've never had one walk off. No. And I'm like legitimately surprised in that. Yeah. yeah. The night is young. <laughs> right. Well, but we try, like, we talk how we talk and, and joke how we joke, but, like, we do believe in, like, respect for people. We had a flat earth guy on um, a few months ago. We had this whole episode talking about flat earth shit. And the, the conversation was great, but our general rule is, like, unless our guest is just, like, an aggressive asshole, we're respectful as can be because it's a conversation. And whether we think it's insane or not insane, that's irrelevant to the conversation, right. you know? So. Yeah, that's what makes interesting hosts and interesting shows. You don't just have one mindset. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like Joey was just saying before this, man, I hate true crime podcasts. I think this is going to be a terrible what I episode. Said. <laughs> Actually, I listened to an episode. It's totally right. I listened to an episode earlier today that, that stood out to me because it had the word juggalos in the title of the episode. <gasps> juggalos. And I listened to that. You were really hard on, on this, the in, the in general, hard on just juggalos you should be may i other may than I I absolutely other, no, 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 I, I want to i, I want you to this, for sure other uh -oh. than fago here we go fuck the juggalos fago is delicious yeah. i'm not an icp or juggalo fan and most juggalos i've ever met are insane mm -hmm. i don't think that most In of the them membrane? would kill anybody no that that was not uh, icp yeah i know okay i'll make sure all right sorry go, go ahead. ahead go ahead why, why so okay. hard on the juggalos so the episode you're speaking of mm -hmm. was sent to me by um, someone who was an EMT and fireman and who had found the young lady in the bathtub uh, hacked up by, and she, and she was a juggalo and she had met, you Jugglet. know, 
a guy. Huh? I said juggalette. What? The women are juggalette. Sorry. <laughs> just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I don't know the lingo. I'm, I'm not just, hip like no, you two. Go ahead. No, I'm just messing around. Go Ju- ahead. Juggalina? No, juggalette. Juggalina? No, no, no. She's, juggalette. She's not south of the border. Oh. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. Sorry. And she, her friend group was juggalos and juggalettes. Sure. And, um, and, uh, you know, she ends up murdered and all she wanted was a boyfriend. All she wanted was someone to love. Now, the reason I started this podcast is a man whose body is still missing in my area here. And I volunteered on the search for him. And he was, I'm going to, you know, his nephew is um, in the middle of his arraignment and trial now. I was there Thursday in court uh, for him. And uh, his nephew was a juggalo and a sad juggalo. The Juggalos didn't want him. Oh, so oh if, God. If, if the Juggalos don't want him. Right. You know? Oof. So, yeah, um, the whole family, family. That's awesome. That's great. The Insane Clown Posse, really bad band. Not, you know, who cares? It's my right. opinion. Other people may think they're magnificent Mozart-like musicians. Yeah, and I don't understand I don't. that at all. Yeah, I don't either. So, yeah, I'm not going to be easy on Juggalos. Sorry. Not sorry. <laughs> it was just interesting because as I was listening, it was like all of a sudden you lumped every Juggalo in the world in with, with these people that, that killed this girl. And I was like, wow, that's that's a harsh judgment not on an entire right. group There's of people. a lot of that shit with the Juggalos. Like a lot. A of lot of shit. murder? Yeah. yeah. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, to, I don't well, know of a lot of death. I, I might not be able to, you know, back up murder, but a lot of death gotcha. that's not necessarily expected. <laughs> oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, It's a rough culture. Like they, they throw a lot of like family and community and shit. Sure. But there's there's a lot of rape and shit too. I mean, it's a, it's a rough fucking community. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so you say I'm with you. you. Yeah. You say you were in court for this case the other day that had happened in your I area. Was. Have you mm-hmm. had the opportunity to interview any of the um, suspected or convicted killers? Um, suspected, no. Uh, convicted, um, we have had, I'll be honest, we've had a few people approach the podcast who want to be interviewed because they want to proclaim their innocence, nah. including this week, I got a phone call from someone in San Quentin. Wow. Um, yeah, because what I had done, and I'm like, did I just open a can of fucking worms? But I covered a case that was just completely botched. Right. And the officer who did the botching was an alcoholic who, you know, showed up drunk to crime scenes. He is no longer an officer, but um, yeah, real big fuck up. And, um, you know, they took him off as a homicide detective and put him on, and this broke my heart, uh, domestic violence cases. And oh, I was like, Jesus. great. So, he can't cover a homicide, but right. if somebody beats up their girlfriend or boyfriend, you know, let him go handle it. That yeah. was just a nightmare. But they early retirement. He's no longer on the Long Beach Police Department, which is the the yeah. uh, jurisdiction I'm talking about. And this person called me and said, someone sent me your podcast and the lead detective on my case was the one you said botched this murder. And I want to I want you to take a look at this. And I was like, oh, dude, everyone everyone's innocent, right? Mm. Everyone in prison yeah, right. is innocent, right? 
but uh, he said a few things that were interesting, and he's going to send me his his entire case file. and And I called a couple of detectives in Long Beach, and one of them said, "You know what? I remember that case, and I think it was a gimme. I think he was picked up the next day wearing clothes with blood on it and carrying the murder weapon." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm, "Okay, but we'll see. We'll see what happens." So yeah. I have not interviewed. We, we interviewed someone who was in a prison in Northern California who also said he was innocent, but we didn't air the interview because I just got to be honest with you. I felt like he was full of shit yeah. and I, I didn't want to give him time. And I referred him to another podcast that, you know, covers wrongful conviction. Right. Right. It's like, that's not what I do. You know, that's not what we do here. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've had the opportunity to interview quite a few people in law enforcement who've covered cases that have been interesting to them and some that are closed and some that are still open and they're needing help. Right. And that's, you know, yeah, what I think this kind of platform is great for. No, it is. And I, I was going to actually say not to you know kiss your ass, but it, it, to me, it's cool to see. Oh, go on. Yeah. Right. Cause, but there are so many podcasts cause really most podcasts are pretty self masturbatory. Like, Hey, look at, I'm, I have a podcast. I want to talk about what I want, but you don't see too many, at least outward let me say maybe hourly, but not legitimately like doing something that's actually evolving into a helpful medium. Yeah. You know, like, because even though you might talk about topics that help people or make people feel better, essentially you're doing it for listens. You're doing it for mm-hmm. sponsors. You're doing it for that. There's not a lot that have us like, that's why we are like, I would love to give people life advice just because it's fucking terrible life advice. And this, you know, it's all because, you know, sure. Do what I want. But to actually have something that's with a little bit of meaning and intent behind it is, in my opinion, a fairly rare thing to see in, in a podcast. Like gen- genuine desire, you yeah. know, not just lip service. So I agree. I, yeah. I respect that. Is well, what I, I'm saying. I appreciate that. I mean, because but I'll I'll tell you, I you know I started this, and I covered Will's case, the man who's still missing that we know is no longer with us, and his right. nephew, you know, killed him. Before I started the podcast, I volunteered for three months searching for Will. Right. And I don't like the out of doors right. at all. I am not. I don't know if you can tell I'm not real outdoorsy. And uh, <laughs> Vampire. Yeah. And I learned a lot. I learned to carry a large stick with me in case there are snakes and to push aside <laughs> shrubs. Right. Uh, I learned not to wear my Ugg boots, to wear better boots because right. um, I didn't have any good boots, just Ugg <laughs> right. boots. Um, I learned that the body, if it's lying out of doors, uh, when it um, decomposes, releases something called putrefaction that burns the ground. Yeah. And so you're looking for an area of dirt that is black. It's so cool. And then, yeah, sorry, dep- it, it's pretty fascinating shit. It yeah. burns. It burns the ground. And then, depending on how long it's been since the person has been gone missing or is murdered, um, a large, you know, stalks of grass will grow around or near the putrefaction because it's more fertilized Mm -hmm. with a dead person. I have found more goat bones than I know what to do with. (laughs) If I had a dime for every time the searchers were like, put the goat femur down, Melissa, I would have like a whole bunch of money because I was like, I found him. And it was a goat, you know, I don't, apparently at some point Southern California was overrun by goats because I found (laughs) a fuck lot of goat bones, but um, (laughs) I've learned a lot and I found out what people go through when searching and it's, it's difficult and um, agonizing and frustrating, and yet it feels like it's worth it because you want people to know someone cares. Yeah, I would feel like it. It's probably is a roller coaster of emotions if you're um, 
emotionally invested into a case or whatever to be searching and think you found something, whether it be a goat bone or whatever. And just to find out that it's a goat bone, you know, so weird to think about. And this is, no one can explain. It's something internal. If a case sticks with you, if something touches you in a way that you, I, I don't know, I didn't know Will. I didn't know Will. I, you know, there's 250,000 people in our town in Santa Clarita. Um, lot, not a lot of people get murdered here. People, yeah. you know, die if they're homeless out from the elements, but not a lot of people get murdered. And, if, and right. if they are, it's usually someone who knew them and it's something stupid like sex, money, or revenge. Right. But something like this, where someone is, you know, his wife comes home from work and his, his keys, his phone, his jacket, and his truck are still there and he's gone and there's some blood spatter on the wall. Mm-hmm. That's my nightmare. Yeah. That's my, you know, if, if I came home and producer Mark, my husband were not here and all of his shit were here, you'd hear me screaming from here. Yeah. So that's why I volunteered because his wife is living my nightmare and yeah. she still is. Yeah. Hmm. Damn. Yeah. That's, huh. that's, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to, uh, I mean. That's it's interesting. To Did hear. I bring you down? No, no. I didn't bring it. It's just uh, like my mind. My, I'm trying to wrap my mind around all of that, and it's slowing my thought process. Wow, that's <laughs> that's that's slow. <laughs> it is. No, for me, you know, it, it's funny because I, I tend to have two emotional extremes. Like her talking about the investigation of roller coaster. My initial thought was like I need to be really mad or really happy because I'd be like. I didn't figure it out or God damn it. Fuck. Yeah. It was me. Like that would yeah. be my two extremes. And like with that situation, like if, if say that came in, I'd be just instantly fucking mad. I'm like, who the fuck had the audacity to come in my house and do this shit? Mm-hmm. I'm going to find you and it's going to be bad. Like there's no sense of justice. Well, it's in my own sense of justice, but, um, like m- and when of, you find out it's, it's your nephew, I fucking kill my nephew. That's like easy pee. Oh, right. that, oh, you mean that's that's missing, not the no, one no, that no. Did the it. husband's missing. No, no. The nephew's convicted. Oh yeah, fucking the, the, the nephew. Yep. Yeah, police don't find him. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the nephew who was a juggalo that nobody wanted. Yeah. Well, because then, because then I have a justifiable reason, not necessarily by law, but for me that I get to take a life. <laughs> so <laughs> you know. Well, that's yeah. my thing. Like one of my biggest and fear is not the right word, but for one of the kids, if something happened, is for them to suffer for an extended period of time because suffering yes. is fucking awful. Like right. that's the worst thing to me, especially if you're scared and you're a kid. Like and that's why shit. Like people that do shit to kids, like I have way less. Yeah. Like whatever. Like I. Uh, that, that's like it's rage, but for me it's rage, or it's indifference like those are the, the, sure. the kind of the two things there yeah no like to me like if somebody gets killed because like he's banging some dude's wife and the dude finds out and he comes back and kills him like i have no sympathy i'm like well fuck that guy you know like uh, life's taken but yeah i kind of had it coming you know that's how i viewed <laughs> some of those things but it's yeah. the shit that's done out of just the desire to make someone suffer like that's some shitty shit right there man it is. It's not for me though. The scariest thing is people that just rent. Well, like you know, there was a time period where people were just randomly walking up to people, and just bashing them on the head with a pipe and then running off or a hammer or whatever. And that that random, random act of violence for no reason at all. That to me is the scariest thing. I like so. I get why you would kill somebody for revenge, for money, yeah, sex. I, I understand that it's wrong, and I think it's you know I agree yeah, that yeah. that's wrong, but 
just the whole random. I'm just going to hit this old person over the head with a pipe, and then I'm going to run off. Not even. I'm not even rolling them. I'm not taking their wallet. Or anything. I'm just going. It's just this fun little thing See, we I don't do. Think it's scary. We've, I mean, we've it's graduated from mailboxes to heads. It is, but to me, that's the scariest thing. You, how do you defend against that? You don't really. Situational awareness, and I'm not saying you can't. No, it, it, that, I don't mean that all the time. It's different when it's an old person, but whatever. But and there, and you can't control. I think that's why it doesn't bother me because. There's no control. It's right. not. It's not like. Well, that's why it's so scary. See, I don't think that makes it scary. Okay. It just makes it out of control, which like, not having control doesn't scare me. Gotcha. Yeah. So anyway. what? What case or what episode <laughs> did you I, like? Her face is fucking wonderful <laughs> in this whole thing. What case or what episode are you most proud of? This one. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, this one. Yeah. yeah. Good answer. As we murder uh, each other in front of you on this podcast. Oh man! Don't do that. <laughs> Um, I don't, I don't have, I wish I had one, but I don't, really? I don't have a favorite. It's like picking your favorite kid. No. Do you have any? Oh, that that's easy. my that daughter. You, yeah. Right. <laughs> do you have, do you have any that you're more emotionally attached to? Like they're more meaningful Probably to you Probably Will and the nephew. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's, there's two. That's exactly right, Joey. The, the, I've done, I guess three, maybe episodes about Will um we did one the first year we've been doing this three and a half years and then i did you know like on the anniversary updates and i will tell you why i'm a little bit more tied to that one because i'm going to take a little credit for his nephew being arrested it had been three years and last february my husband and i got this wonderful opportunity to take a tour of the la county sheriff's department homicide bureau and it's the largest homicide bureau in the country and um while we were there I'd wanted to talk to the detective handling Will's case because he had gotten um, uh, distracted because he had been reassigned to look into the Natalie Wood case. Okay. So mm. who's he going to look at more, the Natalie Wood case or a 58-year-old missing man? Right. So I was pissed, and I felt like Will's case had dropped through the cracks three years later. We all knew Daniel did it. Fucking do something. Right. So the the detective who was taking us on a tour, I said, Hey, is detective Hernandez here? And he was like, Oh, do you know him? And I was like, well, no, I've talked to him about Will's case. And I think he let stuff, you know, fall through the cracks. Mm -hmm. And he said, do you want me to take a look at it? And I burst into tears. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, this is important to you. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll be goddamned if he didn't sit down with the team and say, she's right. It's solvable the way it is. And five days later, they were turning over Will and Linda's house and they ended up arresting Daniel and his father, who probably helped him. Yeah. And I texted him and said, I don't know what you did, but I fucking love you. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't going to drop the thin blue line. Right. And he said, now, wait a minute. They were working on this case the whole time. And I texted back, bull shit. <laughs> right. And he texted back, you're welcome. Yeah. So he finally dropped it and let me know. Yeah. He talked to the team and they, he kicked ass and took names yeah. and they got their shit together and they fucking arrested Daniel. Right. Well, can I say with sincerity, like that's huge. And that I, is, I yeah. like seeing people getting fucking victories and like, congrats <laughs> on that. That's a big goddamn deal. It legitimately is. Well, it's not a big deal because they did it, but, but it's still no, I cried it's, hard it's a enough. fucking big deal. <laughs> well, now that's how I Somebody, would introduce I, myself to I everyone. Just, I feel like this is a very important thing, and I pray to God none of us ever have to use this. Yeah. But if someone you know, someone you love ends up being murdered and people aren't paying attention and no one's solving it, mm -hmm. you got to be an advocate. Yeah. Well, you got to fucking just get in there and you got to be the person to call them every week or 
or go and cry right like i did well, i mean will's wife linda is tiny and pounded on the counter at the sheriff's department and said get here now and look at this blood spatter yeah because they said what if he walked away from his life what if he's in costa rica yeah. call us when you find a body jesus <laughs> yeah yeah but I don't know. I guess like for me, I I like the fact that when like I like justice and I like when at least things are done and when, it's so rare to find somebody that truly gives a shit and is yeah. willing to like if if you're really invested in something and getting blown off might be the wrong word in this scenario. But when you have somebody that comes back that essentially like justifies or shows enough fucking self or self decency to be like, hey. There's something here, and it affirms the shit that you've been pushing for. That's a big goddamn deal, just on a human level, outside of a case, outside of the legality. Like, it's have somebody like take your side is a big fucking deal, and especially yeah. if that's something he's, you've been advocating for. So. He's one of my heroes. Yeah. He is a cold case detective, and he is one of my heroes, and I am grateful to him forever, and he knows it. Yeah, those are those motherfuckers that are thankless as shit. Like, oh, say yeah. what you want about a lot of fucking cops, like. A lot of them fucking suck, but the cold case guys that are legitimately working hard to solve this shit that that yeah. people have given up on, like that's a fucking that's a whole different level of frustration in a job that I couldn't fucking fathom. Yeah. Like it's one thing, like oh, I'm not getting this out the door in time, I'm gonna get bitched at, whatever. But when you're spending day to day trying to fucking solve shit that all these people are still grieving, still hurting over, that people have giving up hope on ever solving, and you're just dead end after dead end. Yeah. That's a fucking hard job, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and But the yeah. wins, I think, are sweet. And yeah. he he's had a whole lot of wins, and I think that's what keeps him going. He loves it. He's not a young man. Yeah. You know, a lot of cold case detectives have retired and yeah. are brought back because of their skill level or their experience, you know? Yeah. And I mean, he, you know, he loves what he does and he's hilarious when, you know, a, a tip comes in and I text him, I, I like to tell him about the wins and yeah. I say, you know, hey, guess what? Uh, a viable tip came in on this case and you know what he says? Hmm. Great. Now, do you know what your prize is? You move on to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, to <laughs> he's have... like, oh, he's like a dad. No. Well, but I mean, you've. Whether it started that way or that's something that you've paved the way for, you're now in a consistent place of maybe not every week, but you're actually involved in a positive way in forwarding and, and moving some of these things along. And that's something not many people can say about their fucking podcast. Like the best thing that we can say is, hey, we had a cool conversation with this guy in TV that said, hey, nobody usually asks me about getting punched in the butthole. So, you know, thanks, guys. This was fun. <laughs> that's as far as we get. So right. that's important. Right. That's very important information. <clears throat> well, depending yeah. on who comes on, like I have a 10 year old and I don't let him listen. But I'll let him call in if it's uh, a, some type of celebrity guest that he like. We had like the show Forged in Fire, one of the guests on him, and uh, Jude was like, he loves that show, and he's like, oh, I wanna, I wanna ask him a question. And I was like, okay, and so I don't ask him ahead of time, so I'll let him call in, and uh, he was like, hey, like I have two questions. Will you make me some ninja stars? And have you ever been punched in the butthole? And that was his <laughs> questions, and I was like. All right, you know, and then the you know the guests love it, but I'm like, that's about as meaningful. I don't as think the they love it. <laughs> Maybe they it do. Yeah, do. I'm sure they Some think do. it's funny. But um, hey, regardless, anyway, I have a lot of respect for what you do, is what I'm saying, and I don't respect many people, but that's you know, that's true. You don't. I don't. No. Well, people, well, that's, that's very kind of you. You well, have to be no meaning. Meaning, 
people that are genuine no, and doing something out of a genuine desire is way different than most people that do things for some type of recognition sure. and, and self-worth or self-gratification. Um, sure. This is completely self-gratifying for us. That's all this is. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to argue with you. No, and most people are. So I, I have respect for people what, that do it for other. Uh, granted, they're, what I was going to say is you right, have to you. be uh, Will's wife's favorite person in the world, uh, uh, probably. I mean, or, I don't or think Will's. so. She's very quiet and very private. I think she's. She has sent me a few emails. I think she's grateful for. I mean, I. I don't. You know, I'm not doing anything. I'm telling you, I'm just, I'm a bitch with a big mouth and a microphone. The people that do the stuff, the boots on the ground are the people in law enforcement. Yeah. And I think some of them were not her favorite people for a while. And I get that. And yeah. I think she's, I can tell you who I think one of her favorite people is now. And that's the DA who yeah. is a phenomenal ass kicker. This yeah. woman, I could not be more grateful. She's the one prosecuting Daniel, because he has had three attorneys in the year that he has been arrested, and she kicks them all right square in the ass. She punches them in the butthole, Stephen. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> she I, does. I, dig, I dig that. Like I do. Like I have. I have a lot of respect for for that type of shit. But yeah. And again, like I know you look at yourself as as stupid as is a conduit, so to speak, like an avenue that, that yeah. a tool. And I think that's fucking awesome. And, yeah. and again, I, I get that you're not necessarily, you know, out doing the investigations, but you're offering right. lack of a better word, a type of, of service that is not normally used and that people you've built at least a type of a trust with your listenership that they're comfortable sharing this shit and, and moving it forward. And that's, it's a cool fucking thing. Like, I don't know. Like I, I most other podcasters are fucking. They suck. We suck. Like I, I it's not just. I'm not judging other people because most people are just doing it for whatever fucking reason. But like I know, sure, whatever that's turned into, for what that's worth, I think it's fucking cool. Um, I can tell you, I love the episode. I love the episodes where you talk about music because I think the two of you. I like to think I know a lot, and then the two of you, when you start talking about music, I'm like, I know, I know jack shit from apple butter, <laughs> and I would never like challenge you to a trivia contest. You guys are pretty amazing about music. Well, thank so. you. Well, most of that has just comes from, and but the funny thing is, if you're like, hey, let's talk about great music of the '90s, we'd be all right with that. But if you say, okay, let's talk about fucking alternative Christian music in the 90s, then it's fucking game on. You know, <laughs> it's so it's so obscure. Yeah, but. We grew yeah. up both, and being from Kentucky, I know, like, very, very conservative Christian households yeah. you know, growing up, so. <sighs> so you said- This explains a lot. Yeah, it, does, it yes. fucking should. Um, but, <laughs> so, uh, the way you talk, I'm assuming you're in Southern Southern California, not, like, Mid-Northern? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I in was Los in, Angeles. Okay, I was in the Bay Area for fucking a couple of years. But. Petaluma, oh, California. Wow. We we love Northern California, but um, my husband says we could never live there because of the culture. They hate everyone from Southern California. Yeah, it's so weird. It's it, so weird. Well, it's it is weird. Very night and day different as well. But yeah. but anyway. Well, yeah. I always joke because in my effort, like when I talk to people from California, I'm like, oh, I was born in California. It just as a conversation point. And they're like, oh, where? And I'm like, ah, San Bernardino. And they're like, oh, okay, <laughs> never mind, never mind. I'm like, okay, that's fair. But. Yeah. Oh God. But I like I like the San Francisco, the Bay Area a lot. Yeah. It's, I it's, do too. Yeah. We love the weather. I love all of it. But yeah, apparently if we ever mentioned we lived down here, we would be, you know, yeah. chased through the streets with pitchforks That's and torches. Weird. That's weird. Because Northern California and, and they're they're their own fucking kind of fucking Sure. 
it's hard to explain. It's like a super liberal California redneck. I don't fucking quite understand the uh, the homogenization that's happened there. Yeah. It's very strange. That's that's pretty perfect. That's actually a great description. Yeah, yeah. But I fucking but great fucking food, coffee, art, so much great shit up there. Well, so what moved you out to California? Jesus. <laughs> no. Oh, you know what? I did actually say that. You're right. Yeah. I did say that. Because I just didn't understand how I did it on my own. I said I felt God had two fingers in my nostrils yeah. and was pulling me toward the West Coast. Yeah, Jesus. So I managed comedy clubs in Cincinnati, and what? I was kind of a big fish in a little pond. And I was like, I've grown as much as I can here, so I'm either going to go to New York or L.A. And I went to L.A. toward Los Angeles during the riots because I have great timing. That's awesome. <laughs> that's yeah. So cool. That's so cool. Driving a 20-foot rider truck towing my hillbilly Camaro behind me on a car carrier with my cat next to me and the number one song in May of 1992 was Achy Breaky Heart. And I had to hear that the entire way across the country. In a pocket full of Rodney King jokes, she was set for success. I do have to say, (laughs) I would call home when I would stop at hotels along the way. I would call home because I left my answering machine hooked up in my apartment. And several of my hilarious comic friends were like, hey, when you're out there in L.A. during the riots, could you pick me up a VCR if you do any looting? Nice. I was like, oh, (laughs) thanks. No, I can't. No, I'm not going to do that. We had a guy on uh, Gordon Firemark a couple days. He was in the the Friars Club out in L.A. and told some stories about me, like Milton Berle and shit. I was like, fuck. Fuck you, man. Like, that's wow. that's the whole dream of so, bullshit. Wow was with some comics you worked with. <laughs> Drop some names. Yeah. Um. Gosh, let's see. Carrot Top? Uh, Tim Allen sucks. Um, Ron White. <laughs> hold on, I did, hold on. Why, I do does, Tim Allen, why guys... does Tim Allen suck? I, I just huh? want to know. Oh, you said Tim Allen sucks. That's the first thing you said. That's got to be uh, he something. He seems like to me he's a fucking dick. That's so? what I would say. Yeah. And he's not very funny. Right. But. No, he's very mediocre, and I couldn't understand why he was very successful. Um, I do love the fact that you you guys mention comics and your social media. Like, I love Nate Bargatze. Um, I didn't work with him. He came up after me. But, gosh, you know, I managed two clubs in Cincinnati, um, A Funny Bone and Go Bananas, because, you know, they all have to have great names like that. Yeah, right. And then I managed one club out here in Orange County called The Comedy Crib. Okay. Um, <laughs> And then, you know, worked in like the film industry. I wish I could. Let's see. I don't know if there'd be any comics that you would that you would know and You'd love. A lot of like them ended his, up like writing out here. His, what, his, were you gonna his, say, com- his comedy knowledge runs fairly deep. Mine doesn't, but uh, okay. more so than mine. But. I mean, I might know, okay. I might not. Yeah, that's I, don't what I'm know. Saying. I do like Nate and Bargatze. You know. Carrot Top. <laughs> I'm just going to say Carrot Top for everything. That's my. Oh my God. <laughs> Perfect. And that's where I'm going to block you. Um, yeah. Uh, there's an age, you know, there's an age difference. And I think the comics I knew would be much older than Joey would have his okay. encyclopedic knowledge of, but yeah. <laughs> Man, this, the snark here is just fucking I wonderful. I love it so much. I'm not being snarky. I was being honest. <laughs> right, but she called us youths earlier. Today. That's true. She the, the stamina or whatever of youth. And yeah, that's, it. that's true. We're 40. <laughs> yeah. But for some people, for us, we're like, well, God damn it. We live to be 40. But, you know. Yeah. Oh, well. I'm 107. So there you go. I mean, 
Congratulations. I, I would say you don't look a day over 19. I'm just going to go and throw that out there. Yeah. I was going to say you don't look a day I, over 106. <laughs> a day over 106. See? Yeah, no. yeah, see, he knows. Yeah. I'm My mom, for her birthday this year, I got her one of those grabby things when you're old and you can't get things off the shelves. <laughs> And I got her that and a cane with a tennis ball on the bottom. She was not happy about, the, about the presents. So, because I never give You're presents. A terrible son. I never give presents to anyone for any reason other than my kids occasionally. And um, so she was like, "Oh, you terrible. got me something. This is so sweet." And I was like, "Yeah, mom, I love you." And she opened it up. She was like, "You." Are. And my mom does not cuss. And she was right. like, "You're an asshole." <laughs> I was like, "Thanks, mom." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She should have punched you in the butthole. Yeah. Well, I call her like every year. It's been the tradition like either on mother's day or on her birthday i call her like at like 1201 because anytime she gets a call from one of us in the middle of the night she freaks out because she yeah. thinks there's something wrong and i was like oh, i just well, want to be course. the first one to tell you happy mother's day she'd be like oh steven and just fucking hang up like, every time i would block you <laughs> yeah. i would totally block you but th- i mean this i don't is, care if you were my child right, this, I would is, block this you. has been 20 something years now every year but i mix it up if it's going to be mother's day or her yeah, birthday sure. i never i never let her know for sure i yeah. got you Right. You're like a viper. I am. But I really, I, I seriously, other than my kids, like I don't buy, it, I, and my wife, you know, whatever, but I don't get anybody presents ever. Um, That's true. Because why? Why? <gasps> my sister gets mad. She always buys my kids um, Christmas presents. And then she gets upset because I never buy my nephew's or my niece's birthday presents. I'm like, they're not my fucking kids. Why would I buy them presents? Like, I don't under I don't understand the logic behind this. And like my parents, I think I will, it's a girl thing. Yeah, and my parents, I will occasionally like if it's a big deal or if I see something like okay, like other than being an asshole, which I like to do from time to time. But every now and then, if I see something, because I recognize the role that they've played in my life. Like, I legitimately have like. As much as any kid's going to disagree with some of the shit as a whole, I'm very fortunate for my parents. I really am. They're pretty fucking awesome. My dad's a right. dick, but in the best of ways. Um, and so every now and then. But So if I see something I think they would really like, but I don't like the every year, I'm going to use some shitty thing you're never going to use right. and you don't really fucking care about. So, you know, whatever. doesn't matter. Chicks like things. Yeah. Well, you know, my wife Chick-like, doesn't. My wife stuff. likes experiences. Like, she would rather us spend a day just doing some cool shit than actually getting like a, a an expensive present. But um, you you got a good woman, then. I have honest to shit. I have an amazing fucking wife. I would not be married to you me do. for this long. I'm on my third marriage, right? Because I'm great at being married. Um, okay. And so, but uh, the first two uh, train wreck. But this, like Tom Rand, legitimately, and not you've you know yeah, Amanda no, really well. She's honest to God out fucking standing like she much better than I deserve. And, um, and her emphasis is on like time and experience more than his shit. And I still get her shit. Like, because she doesn't ask for it. I would prefer to give her these things cause she deserves them to me. But, um, but she's happy. Like, Oh, it's my she's birthday. Playing you. Yeah, you think <laughs> totally playing you. She may be, but she's fucking better at manipulating than I am in that case. So, but nobody being the shit that she's she had to deal with, wonderful. with me, like, and, because I was unmedicated bipolar for the first part of our marriage. So, I mean, I did some shit that was hurtful as fuck. And I get that. And she still has understood why, maybe not the why, but the reason, you know, those things happen. And since I've been healthy and medicated, I mean, she's never fucking left. Like, I would have left like years ago. So, I'm I'm very fortunate. She's a badass bitch, is what I can say. But anyway, that was my little rant. Like, And I don't talk about kindly about people that often. But right. Amanda's fucking sweet. I like her. 
She sounds wonderful. Yeah. She's that, all right. That that and we have sex all the time. <laughs> Not today. You slept all day. No, we still, we oh, still okay, got nice. some. In. Yeah, nice. thanks. Thanks. Good job. Um, <laughs> so what? What made you leave the comedy world? Um, I moved Minorities. out here and managed the club. And the difference in comedy clubs in the Midwest and in California. You know, in Cincinnati, it was a comedy club that just so happened to serve liquor. And in California, it's a bar that just so happened to have comics. Yeah. And I really loved the art of comedy. And there's nothing better to me than someone who makes me laugh. It's a it's a brilliant artistic expression that is, you know, rare mm -hmm. that someone's good. So, yeah, I didn't want to be involved in a a bar that just so happened to have comics. So yeah. I ended up, you know, like I wrote and produced for radio and for TV and I worked at a film company and um, I was a line producer and, you know, it was a lot of soul sucking mm -hmm. and uh, I ended up um, teaching yoga, which is really weird. Well, I can't believe I'm saying that out loud, but <laughs> I, I practiced yoga and it kept me from killing myself in the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. And then um, my teacher said, I want you to teach. And I was like, well, I can't teach yoga. And she's like, why not? And I'm like, because I'm fat. And she's like, that's bullshit. Teach yoga. Yep. So I took a bunch of teacher training and I taught for 16 years until the beginning of last year when the pandemic sort of shut everything down. Yeah. Um, but I was doing the podcast and that's pretty much it now. Nice. So, okay. Yeah. So I, I not the not to derail. I, mean, I derail everything, but as far as comics go, and your experience with that, like who I would like to know, and not names necessarily, but stylistically, because there are always patterns. There's always fucking patterns in everything. Like as far as what you've seen, who are generally the best type of comics and the worst type of comics? And again, just personality type and style as far as delivery and content. Does that does that make sense with that question? It makes perfect sense. And I think your opinion that there are patterns and everything is very fascinating. Mm -hmm. There's um, there's a theory that there are only five jokes in the universe mm -hmm. and that every comic has taken those five type of jokes, whether it's a surprise joke, a mother-in-law joke, a self-effacing joke, whatever. You take that joke and you put your spin on it. Mm -hmm. I've never been one who likes jokey jokes. Right. Like, I, I think there's a definitely an art in that and set up punchline, set up punchline. It's just not something I, I like mm -hmm. per, per se. I can respect it and appreciate it, but it's not something I gravitate towards. Right. I really like amazing storytellers mm -hmm. and those who are not afraid to, you know, point out the foibles in themselves or in the world. Right. Um, like a, like a Brian, a Brian Regan, who's like, um, the most awkward human being on earth. Right. And yet his, the way he tells a story is, is pretty, you know, magical. The Jim Gaffigan, who's just like a Gatling gun. He yeah. just, it's like punchline after punchline, after punchline, after punchline, not always my favorite thing on earth, but right. it's still, it's still fascinating to watch. Yeah. I tend to like people that are um, odd or different and, maybe go off on tangents like my favorite comic is besides ron white who's amazing mm -hmm. is a man named john Regi, who you don't know but he was from the cincinnati area and he um was just a weirdo yeah i mean you could almost say he was like a performance artist because he did he did this fucking weirdest shit yeah. that 
I would be on the floor just and I'm not I'm not an easy laugher. Right. Maybe working in comedy clubs. You know, I'm not it's not something I do easily. You got to kind of fucking work hard or catch me off guard and and then I'm yours forever. Yeah. That's interesting. Like I just, I just watch. This is on my brain. We watched the new Bo Burnham special, which I'm not a massive Bo Burnham fan. Yeah. He does sections of shit that I think are just fucking right. brilliant, and other stuff is just you know whatever. He's just he's he he's performance art comedy, but he's right. I, I don't know super fucking pretentious. But anyway, but his new special. I every- think he's brilliant. I think he's brilliant, and I would also like to push very hard on his larynx till he stopped breathing. Exactly. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. But but again, I think he's he's brilliant and expressive in what he does, but again, it gets whatever. But it's his, a little much sometimes. But his new special, no, like, a, some people are like, oh, you need to, you know, you watch this thing, but he just warning, it's super fucking dark. And I watched it and I was like, there is nothing dark in this fucking thing. No. Like my definition mm-hmm. of dark is much, much different yeah. than most people's definition of dark. And I really like dark comedy. But I mean, it wasn't bad. There are a few like things in there that were just fucking great. But it was one of those things like when it hits, it hit really hard. But it only hit hard like twice <laughs> in the whole like hour and a half of me wanting to bludgeon my yeah. fucking skull. But gotcha. anyway, are you just, familiar with Dana Gould? I bit. love Dana Gould. Yeah. Yes, Dana Gould and Andy Kindler are two that will knock your socks off. Andy Kindler, I can take. Or, leave. I can take or leave it with Andy Kindler, but Dana Gould, I really like a lot. Andy Kindler is um, can be erratic. He's either going to kill, or uh, as as is said quite often, he's just going to eat a plate full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of times, people, you know, people, a lot of times people don't get him. But Dana Gould is um, a master. Yeah. But I, I have more people or more respect for people that are willing just to fucking swing for oh, it. Yeah. And if they bomb, they bomb. If they kill, they kill. Like fuck yeah. That's what you do. Like that's that's fucking pushing what you do. That's yeah, fantastic. I've seen uh, several comedians that that will tell the joke, especially when they're trying out material, and it just it fault. But it's a good joke, but it's just not honed completely yet, and no one's laughing. And and, and to see them go, you're not laughing as funny as I'm being right now, or whatever. <laughs> right. And I and I love to see them take the chance, but then to also call the audience on something like that as yeah. well. I just watched Andrew Schultz's. YouTube specially put out last year at some point that was just all crowd work. Yeah. Like, it was nothing but. Yeah, see, I even like it better when they just don't acknowledge it. Like, they acknowledge that it sucks, but they don't dwell on it. Just move yeah. the fuck on. Well, it's kind of like that with with music for me. Like, when I used to play, like, my thing was always, you'll either hate me or you'll love me, but either way, you're going to have something to fucking say. Like, you'll think right. it sucks, you'll think it's good. I don't fucking care either way. I just want to make an impression while I'm up here. Like, that was my whole you know, philosophy. And yeah. it was always a 50, 50 about half the people said, fuck this guy. And the other yeah. guys were like, Oh, that was really fucking great. He said, cunt. And I was like, yeah, okay, <laughs> great. Awesome. Who do you think is one of the better, uh, storytellers that are, is out there right now? Jesus. Huh? Gosh, that's, that's a really good one. I just know you said you, you like someone being able to tell, be a, a good storyteller in their comedy. So who's, there was there was a comic from Texas. Unfortunately, he's deceased. His name was Ron Shock, and he was an amazing man. storyteller. And he would go on the Tonight Show and run out of time, and they would have to wrap him up because his his stories were too long. But they were still masterful. Bill Hicks is an, oh, was an amazing. God, I mean, yeah. everyone I love is dead. Yeah, <laughs> not everyone, but you know, a lot of comics that I still love, and I would. You know, if I'm listening to um, Comedy Central on Sirius Satellite Radio, I'll sit in my car in the driveway until the bit is is yeah, over. Right. You know, it's 
Yeah. 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 Most of the storytellers I love are no longer with us. <laughs> And most of the, and I'm not a comedian connoisseur like you. I say your knowledge of, of comedy and comedians runs a lot deeper than mine. But like I'm, I'm a very shallow person. But like when I have things that I just kind of like, I kind of like them. I don't invest a lot into sure. it. Just, I mean, I'm open to hear new things, but I don't like seek them out. You know. Um, but like I still like my favorite fucking person in the world. I think in comedy is a goddamn. Um, Norm Macdonald I love him so much like there's no part of me that doesn't love everything Norm Macdonald's ever done uh, yeah I think he's underrated you're, you're sure. exactly right yeah, I, I think do. he's he is a national treasure on a lot of levels yeah um at the same time I was falling in love with true crime there was a late night show on it was like Don Kirshner's rock concert it was on after Saturday Night Live and it would occasionally have comics mm -hmm. and Norm Macdonald was on and I'm like 14 and he did a joke about lying, uh -huh. like lies, like spilling out of your evil head. Yeah. And about, you know, what if, what if uh, someone tried to fool you by wearing a devil mask? Like the people that say the devil made me do it. Right. So like a friend wears a devil mask and you, and he tells you to kill your family mm -hmm. and you, you go to your friend, you don't know it's your friend, wearing a devil mask and say, well, I did I did what you asked, oh, Lord, great host of the hoary netherworld. I've slaughtered my family and buried them next to the railroad track. Right. And then your friend takes the mask off and goes, it's me, Bob. <laughs> and Norm goes, oh, Bob, oh, Bob, you got me. Like rubbing his eye. You got me, Bob. I killed yeah. my family. Yeah. So yeah. cut to 30 years later, we're at the smokehouse in Burbank waiting for our car in the valet and there's norm mcdonald oh fuck you and i'm like <laughs> fangirling i'm yeah. like trying not to pee my pants and yeah. i walk up and i'm like norm mcdonald i just want you to know i think you're the lord great host of the hoary netherworld <laughs> and he goes god bless you nobody remembers that shit and i'm like i love you so much i love i mean i was literally like yeah. drooling and it was bad yeah so yeah he's i think he's a national treasure no he's he's fucking outstanding and and it's funny because in interviews you'll I, i've read it, like people they put him in so much high esteem but general public like other than you know pockets of people he's not like on that list of like well he's no fucking dave Chappelle and he's no whatever like no he's above he's above all of them he's well so many of those comedians the Chappelles and people like that yeah. give him so much problems like, exactly. you don't understand what his mind is doing because he right. does it so quickly. Well, some of my favorite clips to watch of him is when he's on like fucking uh, talk shows. Howard Stern. Oh. Yeah, Howard Stern, or even or Letterman. Letterman or, loved him. Or Letterman, or even oh, those guys yeah. when they're doing an interview with someone else, but he's still there and he just fucking mm -hmm. interrupts and he doesn't. He gives no fucks. The the level of like no fucks given with him is one of the things that, and not no fucks given in the sense of I can be as offensive as I want, as much as I'll just I'm gonna say whatever. I don't care if you're talking to this person. Like if it's coming to my mind, it's coming out of my mouth and it's fantastic. And it's so calculated, so you never know if he's thought about this for ten years, and now the opportunities arisen for him to say it, or if it's just off the cuff. Like you, you just you never know where he's coming from. It is a little like watching someone like have a breakdown in front of you. Yeah, it's wonderful. Just like devolve in front of you. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. one of the things I love about him. Yeah, but one of the things just since we've talked to you tonight, I think is really kind of fucking fascinating, actually. Because I like these tie-ins that you don't usually expect. Like for somebody that has a background in comedy and managing comedy clubs, doing a true crime podcast, a human as normal human behavior goes, 
those aren't mutually exclusive things, right? But when you usually <laughs> categorize any forms of entertainment, those two things would never cross over. You know, they would assume that your life has been invested in these this true crime in like this one avenue because we simplify so much because it's easier to compartmentalize people by what they're doing currently, right? So when you have somebody that has a background in comedy, I would never have put it together. And I, I it's fucking fascinating as shit to me anyway. Yeah, manage comedy clubs, teach yoga, and love true crime. Yeah. I'm a weirdo. No, my, my wife I is... Think it's, oh, go ahead. Sorry. And I was going to say, I think it's kind of coming out of the shadows. I think yeah. things like podcasts and TV shows that cover true crime, that's where people can meet and talk and, you know, realize you have something in common with other people of all different walks of life, you know? Right. It's... Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. Well, it's funny. Like we always joke too. Like the cliche is now, if you're a 40 year old man, like you have to have a podcast and hear the fuck we are with no meaning, just talking. <laughs> well, about that's whatever. the new. That's the new mixtape. Yeah. Right. But Amanda, she's a certified yoga teacher. She did that for a while. She's been a self defense coach. You know, she's in, mostly does artwork now. She's a genuinely good artist. She really is. And yes. I wouldn't say that if she was. No, I'd be I like, oh yeah, either. my wife does art and you know, I like it. <laughs> but no, she's like a legitimately talented artist. She does a lot of shit. Um, and we've been fortunate enough over the last couple of years that my job, she doesn't have to work full time. So she's been able to do work or to do her art full time, which I think is fucking fantastic. And, um, but like her, the level of diversity and complexity that she has in what she does um, and she's gotten into like, she's got a Reiki healing certification. Like, so she has all these different things, um, that she does and she's very, very good at all of them. And, um, I don't know, like she I'm, sounds like a Renaissance woman. She really is. And like, I have, yeah. I'm very confident in the skill sets I have, but I recognize the skill sets I have are very fucking narrow. Yeah. And so anybody that is talented on a multitude yeah. of levels is something that's like, it pisses me off on her behalf. Like I had a lot of like, I feel like I was very good at what I did musically. But A, I couldn't have handled it with my personality type had things grown up. But B, I always sure. had this frustration because I was a late bloomer. So I was never able to break out of this small fucking box that I was in. Um, and just being practical, like I know I was good, but I never could get to the point where I needed to be for a multitude of reasons. Most of them because I wasn't good at the side of things that you have to be good at to get to another you know level of whatever. But she's genuinely amazing, but has never had the opportunity because of her situations. Like as she's been, sure. like she grew up very poor, shitty relationship before me, like abusive marriage. And then had was a single mom, no money. But now that we're in a place she can do art, she's got a gallery show coming up here in Knoxville. She's got one, she got a call I from Huntsville that. coming up in, at Low Mill, has her own gallery show. People are booking her for race. So to see her thrive in a way that she's never been able to before. Like, I'm not jealous. I thought I'd be that like, oh, I'm playing music. I can't do music. I can't do the shit I love. Like, I hate my job. I hate right. working. Like, I hate working a normal person job. But the fact that she's able to be successful in these things is it's fucking, it means, it means the world. That's the most genuine you'll ever fucking see Hey, me. buddy, you do a podcast. You fuck you, man. I'm going to turn <laughs> your goddamn mic down. I don't know where, I don't know where that came from. And I think it just came from you being a place where you've had all these things and it's just this evolution of, of where you've gotten to. And it's such a cool thing for me to see when people are able to, even if they don't expect it, where those paths end up leading. And then you have people like me that I am where I don't want to fucking be, but it's been beneficial to someone else in my life. And that's an interesting, yeah. I don't know. It's patterns, man. It's all fucking patterns. It's goddamn crazy. So, that's a nice gift. 
That's a lovely gift that you, you know, give your wife. It's not a gift, though. It's something that she deserves because she's more than willing to work as much as she would need to work for us. We're just fortunate that I've been able to bullshit my way into some jobs that I'm not <laughs> worthy to be in because I'm really good at fucking saying what needs to be said. Um, and my whole thing is like, if I can't do what I want to do, I might as well be comfortable doing the shit I don't want to do. And that's kind of where we're at. And I don't know, but I'm happy to see her. And it's really because like, if it wasn't for her, I would probably be in prison or dead. Like, you know me well enough, like at least be doing a lot of fucking cocaine and sucking dick for fucking Oxycontin. Sure. But you know, so like I recognize her value to my life on a very selfishly selfish level. If it wasn't for her, my life wouldn't be where it is. And so therefore it's only fair that she gets to have the things that she wants because my life is better because like it's very practical in my own brain. Um, but I'm, I'm genuinely in all of her, of her, of her talent. Why the fuck am I rambling? About I don't Amanda know because so I feel tonight? like I've just lost some time somewhere in my you life. Have, with you have. I don't understand. I, 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 I actually. She started this shit. She. Uh, fuck no, it, it's your it. fault. It's your fault. I, I had a question Always. actually. So can you see the um, the button down mine of Bob Newhart? Bob Newhart. Oh. The framed the framed album. Yeah. That's oh, yes. my mom's album. I grew up listening to comedy albums. Also underrated nowadays. Not many people talk about Bob yeah, Newhart. Yeah, Bob Newhart. So yeah. good. Genius. Mm-hmm. So sorry, like I said, that's all right. No, I, I went on a tangent. I don't know why. That's not, you're praising your wife. I was. Yeah, was well, because I recognized the you must, fact you guys must have had a fight earlier today. No, we no, didn't. No, I'm just. kidding. She doesn't listen to shit anymore. She I'm just. Kidding. She hates this less than your wife hates this, but she doesn't listen anymore. <laughs> Wait, why aren't you My blaming me anymore? Neutral. What's that? Get back to blaming me. It's my fault again. Why are you blaming me? You said something that spurned a thought, and I fucking spiraled yeah. on that thought. So, so I actually had it's always a, all my a, fault. I had a question an hour and a half ago that, it, for whatever reason, we've we've talked about more interesting things since multiple times Shoot, since Joey. But what is the difference between, and maybe there's not, I don't know, but what is the difference between true crime and fake crime? Sure. <laughs> false crime no what is it is there a difference so for example the show snapped Mm -hmm. so my son used to work on the show snap so we heard a lot about that he used to work um, as a video uh, he was the editor for them but is snapped considered a true crime show Yes, true crime means that it happened to true people it's not a fictional account of something they make it they make it fictional because it's drama Sure, I, I, that's but, fine. They, no, they reenact. They reenact that what happened. Oh but it's, no, it's uh, those a, interviews they edit the shit out of the. Oh they no, say yeah, they, they edit don't those interviews. Yeah. Oh. They in, edit those okay. interviews a lot. I I got in a little inside baseball on that one. Yeah, they it is true crime. Okay. Like the story is true crime, but they yeah. manipulate right. the fuck out of the interviews with the witnesses. Which is part of the reason my son left that company because he's like, I can't in good conscience edit what someone said in a courtroom to make them sound guilty when they're not. So he left. I appreciate your son because, yeah, that's <laughs> I used to, um, you know, I wrote for reality, reality TV, reality TV has writers. Mm-hmm. I wrote for a dating show. Uh, yeah. Can you say what so, show yeah. that was? <laughs> um, oh, my God. What was it called? What was the one with Jenny McCarthy back in the day? Oh, that MTV. was Jenny. It wasn't, and Chris it wasn't anything it was, that uh, good. No, Jenny McCarthy um, was on wrote, like, back in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Her and Chris Hardwick. It was singled out. Singled out. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, go ahead. Mm. 
It wasn't that good. It was hosted by um, a local person you wouldn't know. Her name's Jillian Barbary. You might I know, know her because that name, of um, yes. exercise. She was on like an NFL thing, but she was a local person out here yeah. in LA. Oh, Steven's got to go. No, he's fine. He's got to take a phone call from somebody. I don't know who it is, but it doesn't matter. It's probably it's Jillian Barbary. I hope so. Yeah, I hope she wants to punch him in the butthole. <laughs> this, yeah, that's interesting that he got a phone call like that. That doesn't happen. But so a dating show hosted Isn't by like Jillian Barbary. Is it like on a bad Barbary. date when you want to get out? Like you say, call me in five minutes and say it's an emergency. I don't think so, but it wouldn't surprise me if that's what happened. It okay. would not surprise me. So you had a, you had a you you worked on a you're a writer on a dating show hosted by Jillian Barbary. So what was what's mm -hmm. going on with that one? What was the what with that one? I was just saying you were gonna you were gonna say question. something about right. it, and so. Oh, it's just reality shows have writers. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean that's sad, but it's true. It's not like they just turn a camera on and people just talk about their life. It's or go about their life. It's yeah. you know producers that direct them in a certain way and like you said i feel it's fascinating that your son you know had enough morals and scruples not to continue on a show that would you know want to edit people to look guilty when they're not just for more views or ratings or yeah, whatever what, i mean that's he, a, that's shitty he i mean he's yeah. got his own place or whatever but he came over here one day and we we're talking because he most of the time it's wedding season and he's got tons of friends that are getting married but most time he actually comes in here with us and he's behind the camera and he we have multiple cameras in here and he works like i guess producing or whatever for us um and he came by and he was just like i don't i'm not sure what to do because i was asked to edit this i edited a video the way i thought it should be and then i was asked to edit it a different way to make someone say something they didn't say. Like you're literally Gosh. you're literally cutting sentences in pieces and piecing together something along those lines. And he's just like That's a little I, bit heartbreaking, I'm gonna say. Yeah, and he's just like, I don't and it may not have been on the show Snapped, but because he, he worked for the network that, that runs Snapped and he worked on multiple shows, but she's like, I'm I don't I'm not okay with this. And he's like, so He's like, I, I had no choice but to do it because my editor was standing right over the top of me, kind of in a way making me do it. And he's like, but I just can't. And it, so at that point, he, he started looking for another job and he found one. And and he's happy with what he's doing now. But um, yeah. So. You've obviously done a good job. You've raised a good kid. I, I no, Gabe's so. a piece of shit. <laughs> I'm assuming you're still talking about Gabe. We are okay, talking yeah. about Gabe. Yes. I love Gabe. He is a sexy little man. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So. so. Which is a weird thing. I to love say. him too, just just because he has morals and scruples. Yeah, yeah. His his uh, moral scruples in that BBC. Yeah, yeah. His <laughs> that's true. Yes, his girlfriend is a huge true crime. Yeah, fan. She actually was. She's been considering starting her own true crime podcast, and I said, yeah. "Don't do that." Too many people. Too many other people do do that. <laughs> do that. Too many other people do that well. So sorry about the interruption. My dad. Uh, my grandmother's not doing well again, and I thought she might be dead, and so that's why I took the call. No, I but thought he, you were going to tell me your dad was dead. No, he, I really no, thought that. No, he just called me to tell me that he met a guy that was in the Coast Guard today. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and he knows we're doing the podcast, and uh, he was like, you didn't interrupt you. I was like, dude, I thought great grandmother was dead. And he was like, no, she's not doing good. You should probably call her because she might be soon. But no, I met a guy that was in the Coast Guard today. I was like, God damn it, Dad. So, sorry. Did he, did he kill him? No, 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 no. God. Oh, okay, but no, my right. my my grandmother's 
pretty much on her deathbed at this point in time. Like it's up and down and at that point. So I've kept my phone on just in case, and that's what I thought that caught. You I smoked I was, while you're out there too. Oh, didn't I absolutely smoked yeah, while that's I was what out I there. Thought. But um, but yeah, I thought that I was like, oh, this is this is the call. I'm gonna have to go home tomorrow. God damn it, I don't want to drive three and a half hours. But well, at least you get off work. I asked so. Joey if this was like an emergency call, like when you're on a bad date and yeah. you have someone call you and say. Yeah. No, right. I'm I'm I having a, I'm okay. having a good time. I thought it's because uh, I'm kind of expected to call at any point in time. My grandmother's fucking sure croaked. So I got you. Anyway, which is you know my family gets really upset about that shit. And I was like, she's fucking ninety. Like it's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Anyway, oh well, because uh, I'm a horrible person. Look at her face. I was like, okay. I, I don't know. I like I don't know. I because I can sit here and talk comedy where they're all night long. Yeah, it's fine. Like so. Yeah. Uh, you know. This is this is, so I know that when we talked. Hey, there's a comic who was a rapist who got uh, who got arrested. And he's one of the great storytellers uh, that there's ever been in comedy too. Are, are oh we, no, uh, not Bill Cosby. Oh, okay, um, never mind. No. Who are you talking about? Yeah, no, about? a, uh, a comic Bryant. was on tour and he raped uh, college students. Who oh, are shit. you talking about? I don't. I don't want to say his name, but That's fair. I did. He worked my club. Oh wow! Wow! In so, Cincinnati. If I knew his name, could it, would it be okay if I said it while you're on here? <laughs> you you can. Uh, I think I if wish, you did a, I wish someone Google would search. text it to me. <laughs> uh, what do you, so? What do you think about the whole Crystalia situation that happened was started up? I guess about a year ago when it kind of came to light. Um, what's the Crystalia situation? What did he and Justin Bieber or? Or buddies? No, 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 no. <laughs> it was rumored that it was rumored that he was doing a lot of messaging back and forth with sixteen, seventeen-year-old girls, um, not no. physically doing anything with them, but kind of like almost grooming them for Mine. whenever they became eighteen, which is creepy, but not illegal. Okay, it's creepy though. Like yeah. it's you yeah, shouldn't yeah, yeah. do that, but it's not it's <laughs> okay. it's not Bill Cosby, is right. what I'm saying. Right, 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 right. So anyway. I think that's, um, I don't think that's surprising. I mean, I don't think Chris D'Elia is, is any genius. I thought he was, you know, funny in that he could do really great impressions of drunk girls and that's about it. <laughs> and the fact that he was, he really could, he can do very good impressions of drunk girls and that's yeah. about it. The fact that he's, you know, Justin Bieber's favorite comic was, was surprising and, that's you know. telling in and of itself. <laughs> yeah, Justin Bieber's, a, you know, a a child not anymore but still kind of a child sure. so the fact that he would be grooming young girls isn't really shocking to me i mean i think it's shitty but i think it's also not unexpected i so i was never a big chris D'Elia fan i tried to watch <laughs> right. multiple specials that he had and i just couldn't get past the first 10 minutes of it and my thing was like always it's too <laughs> erratic and too like just like a just crazy or whatever it's, it's a frat boy it's very frat boy yeah well but my wife so when whitney cummings had her show whitney and he played her boyfriend on the show which was uh, to me that was an underrated show yeah and my wife kind of really liked chris D'Elia because of that show and so she's a big chris D'Elia fan so we went to see him a couple of years ago when he came to knoxville i really enjoyed that show and I can't stand to watch his specials, but that show was so good. And I'm and I, but I, I'm still not a huge Chris D'Elia fan. I know a lot of young people that are big Chris D'Elia fans. My, both of our, my oldest son, who 
who we were talking about a moment ago is a big Chris D'Elia fan, but I don't get some of it. But that show was nonstop laughs. It really was. He in person is very different. It is very Absolutely. different. It's very different. Yeah. I've seen Christopher like Titus in, live, like and he's great. So, so get to what you were talking about. That's what Chris I'm talking Leah. about. Just Chris D'Elia. Like I was yeah. asking her what what about that, and okay. she said, "Well, I thought it came out. I thought we we were getting to the end of the." No, I was, she was talking about him, right. and and yeah. and it's very frat boy. And I was like, you know, I get it. I I didn't. I don't care for specials, but I, live, yeah. he's in. He's insane. Yeah. I like, thought it came out that that wasn't the case, though. That the people had no, taken. No, that's some not what I've heard. Okay, that it was the case. He didn't break any laws. It's just creepy. Yeah, okay. Okay. So interesting. So, yeah. Score I'm not one for the comedians. I think. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, we were given this opportunity to go see Jerry Seinfeld at a. Um, like a benefit show. And I was like, this is going to be the worst thing ever. And I'm going to kill myself. And we sat there for, you know, an hour and laughed until we were hurt. Yeah, our, right. Like our ribs hurt. Yeah. And it was Jerry Seinfeld. And I, it's not that I didn't like him. I thought he was great, but he wasn't like my, you know, my style of comic. And he, there's something about someone who's a professional, mm-hmm. who's just a master. He fucking got up there. And he did all this for free for a theater to, you know, get money funds for a theater and um, he just fucking got up there and knocked the bottom out. He yeah. was amazing. And we, I was like, I am shocked and surprised how much I love this. Yeah. This is fantastic. That's promising. But live well, is just different. Yeah. Well, Jerry Seinfeld for me, like I didn't fucking, I don't give a shit about, I hated his standup oh, until, yeah. until I, I mean, obviously Seinfeld, Seinfeld, like the show. Sure. But um, then Comedian Cars came out and I was like, okay, I can get behind this. He's a dick and he knows he's a dick. And he's like really good at what he does, but then his new special came out that was twenty four hours, twenty three hours to kill, but much yeah. more edgy than the other stuff. I was like, okay, he's like, I, I can get on board with this. Like, he's he's a is a good dude, but um, at least at what so he. So, what does. do you think of Dane Cook? Uh, he was great in the early two thousands. No, d- I haven't heard anything so, from here, him back in the here's day. Here's what I'll say about uh, Dane Cook, like because he was a phenomenon like for a period of time. He right? was, and the way he can fucking own a stage is like unprecedented well he but used social act- media to his advantage but if you actually break down his material he's not that funny but his presence and how he delivers the material is fantastic yeah and i, I don't know a, about i his- was a huge dane cook fan yeah. in the early 2000s right now i haven't really seen anything so from i want to i want to bring stole, it around he stole a bunch of shit go ahead he's bring a, it around he's a, he's a great actor yeah He's a great performer, for sure. And he played a serial killer in a movie called Mr. Brooks. Yes, I've, he did. That I was a great movie. Yeah. That is a great movie. Kevin Costner's yes, great it in is. it. Yeah. William Hurt's great in it. Dane Cook is great in yep. it. It's, no, it's, it's a so great it's, movie. It's no Waterworld. It's better than Waterworld. <laughs> it's better than Waterworld. It's such a good movie. The way they portrayed oh, yeah. the way they portrayed a serial killer in that movie is great. And it's Dane so Cook good. did a phenomenal job really as did. a serial killer who thinks he's smarter than everyone else and gets fucked. Yeah. Yes, but he was good. He was, you know, shitty and vulnerable, and he was a fucking great, a great actor. Yeah, yes, in that movie, but, but you but know, I, in 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 that in that movie, movie with Jessica Simpson, not. But so it great. depends on how he's. I'm sure not cast and pushed. No. But but that's his talent. Is that that stage performance? He's great and, stage you know, performance. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Incredible. He, he was he's fucking magnetic for all of his you know douchery and shit like that. Like there's he it was he was a phenomenon for the he time was. he was in the comedy. Well, spot. he was the like, first person to really use social media to his advantage because oh, that yeah. was MySpace time and he yeah. really used it and he it it was uh, revolutionary honestly for lack of a better term because no doing. one was really using social media and he was like no there's something here to do and he I mean that's why he was able to 
play to so those I don't know, huge I don't, crowds. See, I don't know anything about his, his social media usage. I just he was just the only person using you know, MySpace right, was what but was even, popular at the out, time. Outside of all that, I'm just saying, like watching him perform, like he was akin to people that owned a stage, like Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor, and people sure. that he could sit there and just fucking own. He owned the fucking crowd. He put them where he wanted Speaking them. Speaking of Richard Pryor, for probably the hundredth time, I watched live on the Sunset Strip last night, yeah. sitting on the couch at one o'clock in the morning. I was about to go to bed, and I saw that Live on the Sunset Strip was coming on. I said, I, I got to watch it again. Yeah. It's so good. Yep. So That's it. It's- Dane Cook sold his, you know, like recordings out of the back of his trunk of his car. Yeah, he did. Like, you know, he's like the mixtape guy. Full on. He, and, he was and straight he, MC Hammer. God damn well, it. But he was, yeah, but he was more talented. But... I'm, you I'm bite glad your to hear goddamn you. tongue. Have you ever I'm, heard MC Hammer preach the fucking gospel? Nah, you yeah, eat a dick. I, no, I have. He's no Mr. T level, but you know, <laughs> fuck you. I'm glad to hear you say that about Jerry Seinfeld because I am a big Jerry Seinfeld fan. I think that there's a lot of darkness in his comedy f- from back from the. Oh, he's big, very big, angry. He's, he's a very angry and man. Most people miss it. I think most people yeah. miss the anger because he's, yeah, for the most part, a clean comic. Yep, and there's a lot of fucking darkness under up under that that You're people right. miss. And my wife, Christmas 2019, the greatest Christmas present she ever got me. She bought me a ticket to see Jerry Seinfeld in Knoxville, March 2020. Well, we all know what happened in March 2020, right? So it's been postponed. I've still got the ticket right. here for when they reschedule it, but uh, I did. Just and it's th- and it's going to be a great show. I'm telling you, I was like. We went because, you know, we were given this opportunity and we were trying to support this theater, you know, and it was a benefit. And I was like, this is a nightmare and I'm going to hate myself. And I loved every minute of it and left thinking, who am I? It's like he made me reevaluate everything I am. Yeah. Because I loved every minute of it. I wish he was were a little more accessible than he is. But I just because I would like to just. I'd like to meet Jerry Seinfeld. See, I like it when people have the old school. Like, I'm not accessible because I'm above you. I love it. I think no, it's I so like that amazing. as well. But I would like to meet him. I'm like, I, I, I it's one of those things. It's like it's a catch twenty two for me. I love when people are like, they're like, well, his whole thing about please don't come up to me and tell me a joke because I promise you I'm fun. I, I'm you're like, not as funny as I can be yeah. on stage, and I love that. Yeah. But it also I would like to meet Jerry. Seinfeld. See, I really appreciate when people are just completely complete assholes and be like no I'm too good to meet the common people not gonna do it I'm like good for you sir because you know what yeah. you've gotten yourself to a point in one way or another that you are better than the rest of us so you know you do I you, just sir. got a ticket to see Tom Segura when he's in Knoxville next nice. year and uh, he's like that he's like I don't meet I don't do meet and greets yeah I think it's great so well a lot have of you people- ever seen Alec Baldwin just like poke Jerry Seinfeld down to size yeah, yeah. it's awesome Alec Baldwin just you know, calls him what he is. Yeah. And does the fucking funniest shit. He said, if I were you, if I had Seinfeld money, I would just answer the phone like this all day. Hello? No. Like, <laughs> Hello? No. Yeah. The like, episodes with the episodes of Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee with Alec Baldwin are some of the best episodes that he's got. I think you're exactly yeah. right. Because he love, just fucking calls him on him he does. on him, on his own personality. Well I think that's one of the things that's amazing about like Bill Murray 
right? It's because he's so inaccessible, but at the same time, he's accessible when he fucking feels like being accessible. Like the stories of him just showing up to places and people like, oh, fucking goddamn, Bill Murray's here. Yeah, some somebody's doing their wedding photos and Bill Murray just walks up in there and it's yeah, like, like, hey, I'm going to take... And that's amazing, but like he's still, at least the last I read, for movie pitches, other than a, a very hand, slight few of people, he has a voicemail that you call, you leave the pitch. If he likes it, he'll fucking call you back. If not, right. but that's great. you don't talk to Bill Murray because he's goddamn Bill Murray. Um, God, yeah. I'd love to. That's another one I'd love to just meet Bill Murray for just a moment. No. I don't want to talk to him long enough to have it ruined. Yeah, I just want to meet Bill Murray yeah. for yeah. just a moment. I just want you Ryan. don't want to know how the sausage is made. I don't. I don't know that That's you want to meet right all these there. people. Well, so, I don't know that you really just, want to meet them. All. I just want. I just want Ryan Reynolds in my life. That's all I want. <laughs> Fuck everything else. I don't care about any of these other. Fu- yeah. I want Ryan Reynolds in my life. That's all I want. Well, we've talked multiple times. Me too. I want. And, and I want the- him to look. I want him to look at me and be like. You seem like a good guy. Okay, cool. We're good forever. Yeah. And I want to tell him, you know what? And you look like the kind of guy that I would completely suck your dick for free. Like yeah. I want that exchange to happen, and we're good. Me too. <laughs> See, there you go. He he to me is a national goddamn treasure, and he's not uh, from this nation. I don't care. He he is American <laughs> as oh, fuck. Goddamn, I don't give a shit. I love Ryan Reynolds is like the peak of my. I love him. I, I had a so Canadian much. tell me that one time though that I he said somebody said where are you from and I said America and he's like yeah so are we. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I get it. It's North America, whatever. Yeah, anyway, but I, um, I don't know. He's my he's 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 my everything. <laughs> um, oh, I had something I was gonna say and you you changed you you. Say what made you want, buddy. I can't remember. You made me forget. It. You said something that made me forget it. Oh, I know what it was now. So we've been, I love, Steven's more into music. I used to be more into music, but over the last 10 years, so I've kind of really got more into comedy. And so that's why I could just sit and talk comedy for hours and hours. I love listening to podcasts of two comedians just talking about the behind the scenes things that have, I just love, I love hearing those stories or whatever. And we've talked multiple times about going to an open mic night here in Knoxville and actually going on stage just to see. Joey won't do it. No, I've never said I won't do it. You I, won't just go up and do it. You have to scope the place, check it out, yeah, I get the go, vibe, and then yeah, go. Absolutely. Just go. Just I do I want to go to the place and see what it's like first. Why? Because there's, depending on what the atmosphere is like, just there's some, some jokes that I've written that aren't going to fly. No, that doesn't matter. So, anyway. Just do it. You just got to do it, man. But um, it's shit. one of those things. Like, I told you, I'll perform with you any given night. You if, let me know, I'll be if there. I, if I met a comedian like and could interview a comedian, I'd say, is 40 years old too late to start to start trying to do comedy? Not to make a living at it, but to actually go. If, and if any comedian was like, yeah, you're wasting your time to go do an open mic night or anything, I'd be like, all Ronnie right. Ronnie Dangerfield started at 42. I know. I know. That's what I'm saying. You you, over, you overthink it, though. You just got to do it. You just got to go up and do it. But I wouldn't be me if I didn't overthink it. I know, but that's I'd why you'll never it. fucking do it. Oh, well. Jesus. Like, to me, Did I... Did you receive the uh, Aristocrats? Yes. Yeah, it's a great documentary. Yeah. It if you is want to call it a, a documentary. great documentary. Yeah. 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 I would also love to have Gilbert Godfrey on this goddamn podcast, but anyway, that's that's a whole different. Yeah, I want to ask him what it felt like to lose the Affleck contract. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Anyway, all right. Yeah, I, what do you think? As as the previous person that's worked with a lot of of, of comedy clubs, if you have decent material, regardless of the club, should you just go do it? Like he's been wanting to do this. We've talked about this forever, and he's got to feel the crowd first. So, so how did like, just go? How'd you start the podcast? 
We just did it. You just started we, it, right? We started it to just uh, to be able to have an excuse to hang out. Yeah. Not why. Not no, why. No, why? We just, yeah, well, no, we just went. But how? Out. Sure. Regardless of what people it. thought about it, we just did it. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. You just did it. You're right. That's Steven's how you start wrong, doing stand-up right. comedy. But it also drives you just him, do it. Yeah, but it also drives him crazy that I would go up on the same night and I would just go up fucking unhinged because... I don't care if I bomb. I'm a and that preparer bothers, that bothers him that kind of greatly. Stuff. I'm a preparer. Like I actually write jokes out and things yeah. like that, and he doesn't do that. Yeah. Well, that then that drives him fucking crazy. And I was like, I'll go in front of you, so I'll fucking completely tank because I don't fucking care, and then you can look amazing. Like that's that's it's a perfect. But here's setup. the thing about it is you don't decide who goes when. Yeah, you do. No, you don't. No, no, no. The person booking many, the show does. No, 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 it's not booking the show. It's an open mic night, so it's yes, order the, of sign-up. If we go up, I sign up first, and then you go. Can you, you please go, tell him someone's in charge of that lineup? No, it's an open well, mic. Well, you're both right. Sometimes they pick names, yeah. and sometimes you don't have a choice when you go, and yeah. sometimes the person booking the show puts you in an order they think you should go in, right. or but, the order you sign up in. Most, so you're both right. But most open mics, at least in the music world, it's order of sign-up. I'm not talking about sign the up, music start, world. It's, it's an open mic, goddammit. Music yeah. is different. Yeah. Thank you. And the okay, so but these open mics aren't at comedy clubs. They're at fucking You're bars right. and venues we, where they we don't also, have a comedy club. Where they anymore. also have music open nights. So the general thing is you sign comedy up Comedy clubs list. started in the basements of discos that had failed after the 70s. And there's a reason for that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, we could talk to them. Never mind. It doesn't matter. But I'm just saying, just go. I'll go off the cuff and I will bomb and nobody will care. That's and fine. then you'll be hilarious. Have you ever thought about doing um, stuff together as a duo? No. I have thought about it because I have some thoughts on some things, but I don't know that I could ever bring myself to do it. I can't share attention that way. I'm way too narcissistic. You played in a band. They were my backing band that they were hired for. Oh, back when we played? Yes. Yeah, it doesn't fucking count because I was 16 not. and it didn't fucking matter. What? We were in our 20s, dude. Oh, for the second one? Well. Oh God, no! Who had? You're both who, right. I should on. just go up on stage and do it, but that's not my personality. Yeah, who, my personality is to go to the room, look at it, and see what. Okay, that guy did that joke. I could probably get by with some of the more. He's worried about. More, he's worried about his content. That's no, what no, no, no. He's no. worried about eating a plateful, and no, sometimes not, you're going to eat no, a plateful. No, I get that I completely, and, and, and that's. But acceptable. sometimes you're going to kill. You don't know. Yeah, yeah, no, no, that's completely acceptable. But it's like I don't want to. I don't want to go to a place where certain words are considered you can't say that here and say that and then and then have someone what say What sort of comedy club would that be? Well there I is no comedy any. club. This is these are just but they usually these are just will say that ahead of time. time. But they say that ahead These are of time. just bars here that do music mostly and they do a comedy open mic because we don't have a comedy club anymore. Tell him he's wrong, please. Okay. Please tell him he's wrong. And, no no no, I'm just saying you could go to a you could go to a comedy club depending on the club you go to and say particular words and not be allowed to come back. Because certain words are just not allowed to be said in but then, certain but then clubs. Do you, but do you want to perform at a club that won't let you? I understand that. Who cares? The point I'm making is that I want to find out what that room is like f one time and then do it. Why? Because that's just how I am. It's stupid. Okay. Are they billed like as clean comedy? If it's no, billed no, no. as I, clean I, comedy. I don't then... know. That's what I want to go and find out. Then go and just say cunt and see what happens. <laughs> That's what the fuck I've been saying. You do your bits. And then if they fine. don't like it, say it's cunt with a Q. Right. Or you just go back or you somewhere else. Like that place isn't the place for you to perform. All right. right. I can concede that you're both right. Yeah. It still doesn't change it. That's just not how my mind works. Maybe you need to change some paradigm. 
Maybe I do. <laughs> Maybe I do. I'll go up and call anybody a cunt from any stage. And if I get kicked out, I get kicked the fuck out. I don't care. Oh, my God. I've been, ki- I've been kicked out of places where I know calling you people have. cunts. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, hi. Uh, we have our guest, Melissa Morgan, tonight. We just went two hours without taking a break. I know, and it's well. I mean, you took technically took a break. Yeah. Well, I thought my grandmother was dead, so fuck you. (laughs) She's still, and she's still with us. And your dad met a guy from the Coast Guard, so I think it's been a full day. Yeah, I think it has. Well, Melissa, we're sorry for wasting your time. (laughs) Waste. Stephen's grandmother's alive, and his dad met a guy from the Coast Guard. That's not a waste. That's like a huge deal. No, that's that's a complete waste. I was looking forward to a few days off from work. No. You oh, <laughs> that's all your grandma means to you. Nice. Yeah, paid time off. Nice. That's all anybody means to me. <laughs> Check. Got it. No. Uh, <laughs> there's nowhere to go from there. <laughs> you just. Oh, the look on her face right now is the train was off the tracks, but now now it's tried to jump the Snake River Gorge. Yeah. So no. Anyway. Unless but it's is idiot. it wearing like a red, white, and blue leather outfit? <laughs> Goddamn right. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, thank you so much for coming on, honestly. It You're, was my pleasure. You are on you've got to be top three most interesting people that we've had on here, honestly. That's so sad. And we've had we've had no. <laughs> Oh, that's great. No, we, we, we've we had some interesting people on here, and you're very, you have very eclectic uh, work history as far as comedy clubs and true yeah. crime and writing on reality shows and solving murder. Yeah, helping I'm a little bit of a weirdo. Well, I'll, yeah. have, I'll have you back on my podcast when I quit this one and start my new spinoff called B1F. <laughs> so, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Just you are your own best friend forever? Absolutely. Well, I'm the really yeah. only one. That I thought it stood really... for butt fucked. Well, the, either one. <sighs> anyway. Um, do you have anything you want to throw out there and plug? I have no plugs. None. I have no hair plugs, no nothing. Okay. I have a podcast. That's it. Well, well, I mean, obviously, we'll link to that and all of your stuff in the episode. Of course you will. Descriptions, but yeah. you're professional. <laughs> She's like, you goddamn you better. Yeah, you will. Well, I know uh, you again, will. thanks for coming on. For all you guys it's that tune Yeah. For all you guys that, that tuned in, I hope you enjoyed um, the conversation about crime and comedy. And I don't say this often, but I enjoyed this episode. I, I really could tell. Did. Yeah. I yeah. could tell. Yeah. So. Um, I don't say this often either, but I enjoyed this episode too. <laughs> so no one says that to us. So, 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 so before we hang up, uh, if you'll stay on the line just for a second after we, uh, in, the stre- in the stream, so we can, you know, kind of tie a couple ends up and... Uh, I'd love to. We'll call it good. Do we have anybody next week coming on? As of right now, no. I'm I'm trying to get all three of my kids. Oh in here. Jesus, that would be so much fun. So because I was pleasantly surprised with Olivia. I know, but I know you want to ask them all how I felt as a father. Yeah, well, you so, felt in so many ways. You felt you felt as my friend in so many. Well, ways. Well, Olivia only gave one way I failed. Yeah. So yeah, but anyway. it was it was pretty good. It was good. Okay. It was. Right, so so uh, as of right now, we have no guests next week. No. Uh, but yeah. And we're, we're drinking whiskey next week. I'm buying whiskey. I don't know what whiskey gets, but what's going to be whiskey. Go for it. It's going to be a bourbon. So if you're out there and you want to drink with us, of course. buy a bourbon. All right. Um, yeah. Uh, that's it. Until next week. Goodbye. Bye. Give us a thumbs up on Facebook at B3F Podcast. 
Follow us on Twitter at B3F Podcast and on Instagram at B3F underscore podcast. Send us your questions or comments to bfff.podcast at gmail.com. Rate us and review us wherever you listen to the show. And as always, thanks for listening.